0: <laughs> Spot of gold. Hello, welcome back to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and I'm joined today by my lovely wife, Melissa Nesbitt. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Yeah. So we're just going to introduce the episode and we'll just get right into it. So the guest today is Eric Gray eric is an acupuncturist and a chinese herbalist he runs a kind of holistic wellness place in astoria called watershed wellness and he's a great guy we had a really fun talk i really enjoyed chatting with him about plants mushrooms living in the pacific northwest nfts we actually got into some nfts for a pretty good portion in the second half and um, that was fun in fact The reason that this one came out so late was because the NFT section was too painful for me to listen to, to edit. So I (laughs) I couldn't do it because you'll hear in the podcast, we we do touch on the crypto crash, but this was recorded in April. So, or no, would have been, I think it was April. Yeah, this was recorded in April and it was right before I took a long break.
1: If you are unaware... It is not a great time to be in cryptocurrency right now, correct?
0: Terrible, terrible time.
1: Okay, so it was like... Well,
0: I mean, it's a good time to get in, but it's not a good time if you got in, you know, when it was at the Things
1: peak. were going really well, and they were increasing in value, It just like crazy margins, correct? And then they stopped doing that
0: yeah well um, people lost interest the market got saturated lots of things happened but at the point of recording this the crypto had already taken a big dump okay it was it was it had crashed quite a bit it was uh far far down from its all-time highs but at that point solana which isn't like not bitcoin it's a similar blockchain we talk about it quite a bit solana hadn't crashed yet it was still probably around a hundred dollars a coin and it got dropped down to under 30. Okay. shortly after this was recorded, like right after. And almost all of the NFTs that I own, everything I just stay current with was on the Solana blockchain. So that was really sad. All the other blockchains also crashed in value, but that one was the one that affected me. So it was it was a bummer. But now we're currently at the time of this recording sitting at the what I think is probably close to the rock bottom. It's like Bitcoin's just hovering around $20,000 and Solana I think is around thirty two. It's pretty low. Ethereum's not doing much better. So it's it's excellent time to get in. But I actually bought a little chunk of Bitcoin today. But um, yeah, here we go again. Here we go. Anyway, so it's a, it's a good podcast. But I just, I thought it wasn't. Because it was too emotionally painful to listen to. So I was just like dragging my feet, editing it. And I just, uh, eventually I was just like, I'll just put it on the shelf for a while. I can't, I can't, I couldn't bring myself to like go there mentally I just I was too sad lost too much money or yeah well it's not really but it felt like I did I didn't I you gotta lose you gotta sell to lose it but the value was was so much lower that it was definitely felt like a loss and um yeah sucked
1: I think if you're feeling the ups and downs in life and you're in a low and then something that really brings you joy or excitement goes away um your low gets lower So it's okay to put something on the shelf and wait. So here we are.
0: Yeah, here we are. And so after, you know, however long it's been, two months, I pulled it out and was like, all right, here we go. I need to put out an episode. This one I've already got. Let's do it. And I loved it. It was great. Eric is a great guy. He's really smart. He puts up with my antics very well. And we we had a great podcast. So I'm excited to put it out, actually. So in case you missed last week, our guest was Alicia Trusty. And the episode was called, ooh, that was that was a hard one. Particle Collisions. You're going to have to help me out. It didn't rhyme, did it? That's the problem. You got, they got to rhyme.
1: Particle Collisions, Manifestations, and the Power of Belief with That's Alicia right. Trusty.
0: It was a fun episode.
1: Episode 71.
0: It's my favorite one so far, actually. The, the intro was really fun with Amelia. People really liked that. And the part with Alicia was excellent. She's really great she's actually going to come back and back to the studio and we're going to make, make something else. So that's awesome. something that's coming in the future. Possibly just on Patreon, possibly not. So we'll see.
1: I think she could have her own podcast.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I think she might have a little bit of interest in that as well. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, to be continued. Okay. But yeah, um, do you have any thoughts about that episode that you would like to share? I thought it was pretty decent.
1: I thought Alicia was fantastic. I think... Pursuing things that help us feel good and feel better are really important. And there's just so much out there about trauma, and I think people need to know it and talk about it and normalizing it. So I'm really proud of you for doing that.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. Well, let's see. We got, oh, that's where this noise is coming from. I keep hearing a clip. It's this damn diaper pad um, oh, no. or whatever, the changing table pad. I'm not, I'm, not wearing, on that. I'm not wearing a diaper. But, um, huh?
1: I don't know why you're sitting on that.
0: Cause it's a pad <laughs> to protect my bones <laughs> from this hard seat. Um, I'm sitting on a baby changing station pad. She thinks it's weird. It's it's a perfectly good pad. We don't have a baby to change anymore.
1: It's the pad that you would put on top of a changing table to change your baby on. But our baby's four, and um, she wasn't using it. Yeah, he's using it as a chair pad in here.
0: All right, let's do some news and current events.
1: Okay. Oops. What have you been paying attention to? Where are you getting your news?
0: I'm just going to open Apple News and see what the big headlines are. Because I'm sure there are many. The world has been crazy lately.
1: Okay, well, the headline on the Washington Post right now says... I I think you'll enjoy this. It says Elon Musk files to pull out a $44 billion Twitter deal, but experts say he can't just walk away.
0: I'm interested for more. Okay,
1: so the next little segment says Twitter's board said it would pursue legal action to enforce the deal, setting the stage for a legal battle.
0: Wow, that's too bad. Yeah, they'll figure it out.
1: Okay, so I thought you'd be more... Like into that
0: I, I don't I can't make myself care about Twitter Uh-oh. it's just Twitter I mean fair
1: enough I just thought maybe like the Elon thing would no
0: I do follow I do follow the man's life for sure but the uh, the Twitter saga I, I just care about how it eventually turns out like I don't care about the process I don't want to hear them talk about Twitter um, oh here's one the Wall Street Journal Shinzo Abe's assassination draws grief and shock from world leaders so if you haven't already heard, the Japanese prime minister was assassinated today during a speech. Did you hear about that?
1: No, I'm looking right now.
0: So sad. So it says here, people in the U.S. really liked him. President Biden said he was stunned and outraged, saying that gun violence always leaves a deep scar. He added that the two had worked closely together when Mr. Biden was vice president. I wonder, How it happened.
1: That's what I want to know. I'm not really concerned about Biden's relationship with him.
0: Now we got it. Now it's saying how Obama thought of him. Okay, where's the synopsis of. I want to see news, not world. Wall Street Journal's probably not the right one. Gosh, these are all about gun violence. Funerals begin for the victims of Highland Park shooting.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I got to my mom's on the 4th of July, and this was on the news, and I couldn't engage. It was like, I can't have fun at the beach with the kids if I'm thinking about this. The Highland Park? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Seven people were killed, 30 people wounded. It's
0: awful. I don't don't even really know what to say about that. It's so sad. Oh, here's a cool one. Something about a hot air balloon. Oh, no. How did a renowned hot air balloon writer's last trip go so horribly wrong? It is all sad. I thought it was maybe some kind of a cool, whimsical one about a hot air balloon, but no. Well, Okay, so
1: maybe world news is horrible.
0: Anything happy. Let's look up. Let's just see anything. Well, What does BuzzFeed have going on? BuzzFeed's kind of fun, right?
1: Well, let's talk about what...
0: How to get your hands on emergency contraception.
1: What kind of things are you looking forward to, Jeffrey? What's... What's exciting in your world? Well, right
0: now, this podcast has been pretty exciting. Uh, we're, we're ramping up. The Patreon is, uh, I've got an episode coming out Monday, probably. Let's just skip the news. Okay. Look, it's no secret that I love each and every one of you loyal ramblers. But there's a special group of listeners who really has that top spot. In my heart, they are the best. And we call them the Ram Fam. And they're my favorites because they took the time to go to ramblebytheriver.com or patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver and they clicked on that subscribe button at the top of the page and they selected their desired subscription level and they helped support this fine family-owned small business and these beautiful souls what do you think they get in return for their contribution they get behind the scenes show updates merch drops early access to every episode of Ramble by the River before it hits Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and exclusive bonus episodes that you can't get anywhere else, including Ramble on the Road, the monthly premium podcast that is only available with a subscription. If you're a fan of the show and you regularly listen to the free episodes, you're going to love the extras that come along with this membership. To subscribe, head on over to patreon.com ramblebytheriver or click the subscribe link at the top of the page on ramblebytheriver.com. All this information can be found in the show notes.
1: Connect with Rambled by the River on social media. Find us at Rambled by the River on Facebook and Instagram and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter.
0: My guest today is Eric Gray. Eric is a Chinese herbalist. He's from, well, he's originally from Idaho and he's traveled all over. You'll hear about that in the podcast. But he has settled down in Astoria, Oregon, which is just across the river from where we're sitting right now. He's got a business called Watershed Wellness. He's got a podcast that goes in conjunction with that business. And he's a very interesting guy to talk to. We got into plants, natural medicine, Chinese herbalism, mushrooms, the forest, all kinds of nature stuff. And then we got into tech stuff as well. So we got into NFTs, crypto, and you know, just we also covered a lot of stuff just about growing up and the differences between the youth and us old people, and just s- kind of stuff about general human life, about what it is to, to be one of those human things. It was a good podcast, and I uh, regret waiting this long to put it out.
1: Do you maybe want to tell your audience that you have some exciting guests booked?
0: It's not in the outline.
1: <laughs> Do you think people might want to know?
0: People are probably like, what? He has a fucking outline and it sounds that shitty? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just so you know, some of the bullets say, ask Melissa.
0: <laughs> well, it's supposed to just be kind of a free-flowing thing. It's it's supposed to just inspire me. It's not mm-hmm. like a strict outline. I don't have to follow it. And I and I never do. But uh, yeah, it's, it is there. So yeah, we do have some cool guests coming up. Colton Chalker is coming on Sunday following Calvin Bays. So we're going to have two giant buff dudes same day and it's going to be good and yeah, let's see who else we got I, Ned Ned Bittner we're in the process of scheduling Ned he's not so good on the old getting back to you fast text message thing plus he's on Facebook <laughs> yeah, I know um, so okay. didn't
1: you tell me that there was another electrician coming CJ Hawkinson
0: CJ Hawkinson okay. it's the electrician month
1: oh. I was actually going to keep that one secret okay I didn't say any names. Well, you
0: tricked me. So, <laughs> all right.
1: I'm pretty excited about that since there was there was some time when you were a little bit uninspired. And now it seems like the but lights are it. on and you're motivated and it's really fun to see.
0: Yeah, it feels pretty good. And, oh yeah, I listened to Colton's episode, the first episode today okay. while I was at work. And it was... Uh, Interesting. I, I, it was it was really cool to hear like the process. It was episode five. It was very, very early. And it was before I had actually we recorded that before I had released. I think I maybe had released two episodes when we recorded. Yeah, we I had I had released number one with Jeff Hilton and number two with Alana Darcher. But I yeah, I recorded him right after that. So okay. it was very new. You like you I heard us reference a couple times the the audience and it was like very tongue in cheek because I knew that like this nobody has listened to this yet. It hasn't been heard by like even the ones that I put out have been heard by like five people.
1: I am excited about his because so much has changed in his life since you recorded. More Just than everything has changed yeah. in his life.
0: He's very, very different um, now. We talked about like his love life and going to he's p- potentially going to move back to Utah. Yes. and We covered all of that. And uh, it just didn't work out like he He thought. doesn't
1: even look the same.
0: No, he's much better off now. <laughs> a good woman will do that for you.
1: So that'll be a good one.
0: Yeah, it will be good. So I have some questions ready for him, and it's going to be a fun episode. And Calvin, too. Calvin is a kid who I knew as a baby. I lost track of Calvin. Didn't see him or hear about him for, God, would have been like 13 years. And then I, when I got together with Melissa, we were coaching track together, and Calvin was hanging around and I recognized him just because he looks so much like his dad, but I it was so weird to know, like cuz I I hadn't known what happened to him. I didn't know if he like went off and got you know, I had no idea. So it was cool to see that he not only was he still around, but he was thriving and he was like a kid with a, just excellent head on his shoulders, really good, just a good kid. And yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to get him in here. We've been talking about doing it for quite a while, actually. And uh, he's a personal trainer. Actually, he's Colton's personal trainer. (laughs) So it should be fun. I'll have both of them the same day. The line
1: between kid and adult gets fuzzy, but we're talking about someone who is um, maybe close to 21. Yeah. I I think he has a a June or July birthday, and it's about that time. Yeah.
0: He's, yeah, he's going to be a fun one. Young
1: adult, a young man.
0: I call kids up to 30. It depends on the context. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't.
0: Well, I talk to Ed a lot.
1: Okay, so when you're...
0: If I refer to a 26-year-old as a kid to to a 75-year-old, it seems pretty normal.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I digress. I'm tired. Let's go in the house. Let's go. All right. Enjoy the episode, guys. Without further ado, please enjoy this uninterrupted podcast with the great and powerful Eric Gray. I'm
2: free, take nobody take. Me.
0: Welcome to Ramble by the River. It's uh, been a long time getting you in here. I When did we have originally plan this? Like six months ago?
3: Seems like it. It's been a while. Time has become distorted, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, that happened. Ever since COVID, time has just kind of ceased to matter. Yeah. It doesn't...
3: It never really mattered, but now Nothing we, now makes sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's actually been something I kind of get some relief from, is the knowledge that everybody else now... It's just as scrambled as I always was. (laughs) Right, right, right. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, can I take a few pictures of you? Of course. Before we get started? Uh, it's the, it's awkward, but... No, no. If I don't do it now, I'll regret it, and I'll try to do it later. And it just never happens. Sorry about the bright lights. I know it's very early. It's recommended for you to get bright light exposure right earlier in the right. day you're trying to help me it's good for you it's uh yeah activates keeps your circadian rhythms in check <sighs> just relax you could talk I like I like pictures of people doing stuff better anyway me too
3: I and people don't like it though when you uh take pictures of them when they're talking or eating
0: or whatever I okay. do I. Uh, people, okay. well, I I've noticed the same thing this. here wing that thing around a little bit to where it's pointed Got so an so, action shot yeah all of these are adjustable you can get it okay. get it move feel free to move it around cool. whenever cool. you need to
3: cool and, and um yeah you've got quite a setup here
0: thank you
3: how many years have you been doing it One. Oh, really
0: yeah i just started last january how many episodes do you have this uh today came out episode 67 yeah, yeah. wow yeah, yeah one a week uh give or take for the last since january uh 21.
3: I did that with my very first podcast and I never could keep that pace up again. It's like, tough. It's that's hard.
0: It's a lot of work. Yeah. Just okay. the yeah, just the general workload. I'm going to keep this ready so I can snag some pictures of you continue. I'm going sneaky ones. Okay. Um just so I have some candid shots. Cool. Um but we won't do too many. Okay, no worries. I'm not Uh and then yeah, yeah, I could turn not this. Not concerned. Though. It's blinding. All right.
3: Yeah, my wife asked me this morning, what are you guys going to talk about? I was like, I actually am not really sure.
0: (laughs) I got (laughs) a few ideas. So,
3: so how about it.
0: Okay. So, first things first. Well, actually, first things first, I want to talk about NFTs. That's something that I definitely want to talk with you about because I see you posting online about NFT stuff. I know you're involved with at least one project. Yes. So, we'll get into that. Um, but before we do that, you want to tell us just a little bit about who you are, how you ended up in this area, what you do for a living.
3: Yeah. So, uh, my name's Eric Gray. Um, I've been in Oregon since like 95, 96. Um, but I've been in Astoria since 2016. My wife and I moved here after having lived in Portland for 10 years and 11 years, something like that. And, um, moved out here to Astoria and opened... Uh, so I'm an acupuncturist and an herbalist. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and I own clinic Watershed Wellness uh, that's there in the Port of Astoria building. Um, I think I know the place. Yeah. So we, we own that clinic in Portland. And then when we moved here, we realized that there just wasn't that many places for those services. And so we opened uh, the clinic here in 2017. So, so yeah, I run the business. Mostly that's what most of my time is running the business. Um, but then I also... Uh, Practice herbalism. That's and, cool. And um, I teach, you know, I've ta- I taught at the university, my alma mater, National University of Natural Medicine, which is in Portland, uh, for 10 years. I uh, taught herbalism and business and stuff like that. So
0: That's cool. Yeah. So, what is, what is the technical defini- definition of herbalism?
3: Technical definition, uh, I guess. Or any definition. Yeah. I mean, you know, just very broadly. I mean, er- herbal medicine is. You know, exists in most cultures, and you know, most, most, most cultures have some type of herbal tradition. So, I mean, broadly, herbalism would just be any tradition that uses herbs for the uh, prevention or curing of disease. Um, but I practice Chinese herbalism in specific, which is just you know a very particular strain. The you know cultural root is very specific. The herbs themselves are different, right? So, I don't use chamomile, for example, which is an herb most people know, because that was not in the Uh, you know, in the traditional Chinese uh, herbal uh, dictionary, if you will. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's basically what herbalism is. For me, you know, I usually say that I practice clinical herbalism because, you know, you can go to, you know, an herb shop or to even to the grocery store now and get herbs and make yourself an herbal tea. Um, but this is, you know, this, there's a degree of differential diagnosis. There's, you know, a a diagnostic system and framework, there's a theoretical framework. Um, so it's a little bit different, you know, it's a little, it's, it's the herbs are more potent. They're higher, uh, they're higher potency. You take them over a longer period of time. And so that's why a practitioner is useful to make sure that it's being done safely.
0: Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. So, um, I get the impression with herbalist herbalism that it's it, it almost is portrayed as like a spirit, more spiritual practice. Is that the truth or is that just Hollywood? Oh, boy.
3: I mean, <clears throat> so the Western herbal tradition, which is what most folks are familiar with, um, you know, it's it's in in a way it's not even a unified tradition. Um, there's many different stems and and many different teachers and many different perspectives. And you know, there's folks. Um, there's folks who take it to a very biomedical perspective, who can tell you all about the, the phyto component, you know, all, everything about the chemistry and, and how it works. And then there are people who are way more on the other side, if you would look at it as a spectrum, who are, you know, really look at the kind of um, spirit of the plant and, you know, speak to um, more energetic properties and, and, and less deal with the chemistry. So it kind of depends on, on where a person falls on that
0: spectrum. That makes sense. And so when, when you're practicing, do you include like a, a mixture of Western practice with, with, the uh, Eastern or is it, is it all your own little amalgam of, uh, no, no. techniques?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is, uh, <clears throat> maybe a little too deep, but, uh, you know, within the Chinese herbal tradition too, there's different, um, schools, if you will. And some folks are more traditional and keep more to like, you know, the texts and traditions that, uh that originated the medicine and then some folks do more experimentation and more melding of that herbal tradition with other herbal traditions Um, for me I'm more uh, you know I'm a bit of a purist you know the kind of herbalism that I practice is called classical Chinese herbalism Um, and I pretty much only practice out of two books that were written during the Han Dynasty which was a very long time ago Um, so point point being that for me um, what are the books uh, there's two. Well, there's basically one book that was splinted to uh, the, t- the teacher, the, the writer of those of those texts was a, a person called Zhang Zhongjing. And uh, he's like widely regarded as the, f- the father of, of Chinese herbalism. As it's practiced today, which is to say, as formulas. So, in Chinese herbalism, we we don't practice single herbs. We don't, uh, excuse me, prescribe single herbs usually. So, um, like if you go to a Western herbalist, you might get a licorice tea or something like that, like a single herb or maybe even two herbs. Um, but in Chinese herbalism, we use formulas. So usually anywhere from five to twelve herbs, and they're all together in kind of a family. Um, and you know, there's a whole theory about why we do that. Um, and so that that's a particular type of herbalism that is is practiced mostly with regards to these texts. So uh, one is called the Shanghan Lun, which is the treatise on cold damage, and the other one's called the Jingwei, uh, which is basically the, the miscellaneous diseases. Oh wow! Yeah. So <clears throat> old books.
0: That's super interesting. I had no idea. I mean, I had a little idea, but. I forgot about the herbalist part of your, of your resume. That's really interesting stuff.
3: Yeah. I actually don't, um, I don't do acupuncture much anymore. My, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of, uh, employees that do ac- acupuncture, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's a lot to study. It's, and, and I'm just one of those people who likes to focus, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so by focusing just on herbalism, I can be a better herbalist as opposed to being a pretty good, bowl,
0: a specialist, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah specialist Versus Jack exactly. of all trades, master of none. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I was actually just looking into—well, uh, looking into is a strong word. I was just thinking about looking into getting an acu- acupuncture treatment. It seems like a pretty effective treatment.
3: It can be. Yeah, you know, unlike any medical modality, modalities sometimes it works for some people and not for others. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, Does the the power of belief have a lot to do with it, like the placebo effect? I hesitate to call it that because then it makes people think it's fake. Yeah. But it's not. That's always a funny thing.
3: I mean, I think any, you know, any modality that is gentler is, there's going to be a stronger aspect of mind body medicine going Mm -hmm. on there. Um, just because if I give you an herb, it's not going to have the kind of overwhelming effect on your biochemistry that a pharmaceutical would, right? And there's, and for me, you know, I'm, I'm very agnostic in terms of, um, you know, I'm not like, oh, herbalism is the only way or, you know, or anything like that. And sometimes that fast, overpowering medicine is just what you need. Right. Um, and then other times it's too much. Right. Okay. And, and different people are, have different sensitivity levels. So folks who don't do well with, let's say, pharmaceuticals uh, often, but not always do well with acupuncture because it's uh, less invasive uh, on the body. So.
0: So, yeah. yeah. What's the strategy behind acupuncture exactly? It, I know it has to do with meridians. And is is it just removing energy blockages? Is that somewhat kind of what it is?
3: Sure. Yeah. So there's a there um, there's you know there's a whole uh, system uh, beneath it that talks about uh, basically how human bodies are made, how nature works, like these larger um, larger theories that that Chinese medicine as a as a treatment modality. Uh, exists within so so that's that's one thing to to think about um that you know i can give a simple answer and there's of course a much more complex answer i could give um but in general acupuncture ultimately is just working with chi and what is chi um you know we we don't know (laughs) but but she she is you know broadly um The stuff that the universe is made of okay so it's 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 kind of everything and then everything in between everything
0: that can get pretty complicated
3: yeah yeah so so when we stick a needle in usually and i'm being super simplistic here we're doing one of two things either we're helping the body to build something up when it's weak or we're breaking up and opening up a blockage when it exists so there's either tonification treatment where we're trying to build
0: you up or there's reduction treatment which is when we're trying to pull something out um, that sounds pretty similar to a lot of other modalities. Like I was just reading about neurokinetic therapy mm. just the other day, and that's all about you know loosen where it's tight, you know <laughs> lengthen where it's short. Just make sure all the pulleys and levers are working correctly. Yeah, yeah. And like with by physical means, like physically grabbing the muscle and right. shaking it loose. Yeah. Uh, versus this is more energetic manipulation.
3: Yeah. yeah. And you know then there I think the you you mentioned the meridians or sometimes we call them channels um, that. That's another kind of unique thing, I think, compared to, because there's a lot, I mean, I could point to 20 different, you know, therapies that basically do the same thing we do, but uh, it's the, the channel pathways are a little bit unique in that, say, you know, the lung channel, uh, of course, nobody listening can see me doing this, but the lung channel, which runs kind of on the, the forefinger all the way up the inner surface of the arm up into the chest, um, that that I can needle down here and affect something up here. Wow. Right, so so, and there's very specific pathways which have now been—I don't want to say validated—but biomedicine and uh, especially anatomy and, and and physiology have found actual structures that seem to relate to these channels. So you know they—they they were talking about something, but mm-hmm. Lord knows how they. Knew. There's
0: so much of biology that science is still pretty like foggy on what exactly it does. Just. Very short time ago, they were calling it junk DNA. Right. Now they're like, oh, I guess it's probably not junk. But (laughs) We didn't mean junk exactly. It does something. We're just figuring it out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting.
3: Yeah, admitting that ignorance is difficult for
0: us sometimes. Really, admitting any ignorance is hard. (laughs) For sure. Uh, So, you grew up in Idaho and Arizona, is that correct? Correct. Uh, When did you move out to the Pacific Northwest and why? Um, So...
3: My my family moved around a lot, you know, I lived in a lot of western states, mostly um, during my teenage
0: years I was in Phoenix, um, and I did not like the heat. I just went to Phoenix last week for the first time ever. Rough. It it was, I mean I liked it, getting out of this soggy bullshit. Sure. But um, yeah. I could see growing up there, yeah, get, wanting to get out Brutal. of here. And you were there
3: in, whatever, April.
0: The the beautiful, yeah. the desert was in bloom, all the cactuses had flowers on them.
3: It's just unlivable. In in, in the summer, and some people love it. And That's what ble- they all say. Bless, bless them all, but
0: like, it's... Well, if you it's... don't have shit to do, and you get to just sit around by the pool drinking mimosas. Okay, yes. Sure. The yep. Hawaiian shirts and shorts. Let's you know? go. We'll go right now. But if you got a job and you're outside in that I, there was a lot of prisoners picking up trash on the highway i noticed that that seems like it could kill a person right like right. it was that's real punishment though. i mean it was only 85 degrees when but we were still. there but i mean it's april yeah it, that looks like that'd be really hard work 85
3: de- imagine like think about also, what 85 slavery, degrees is, yeah, is weird. Weird. yeah that's a whole other thing but imagine 85 degrees here exactly. eighty five degrees here we're like heat wave my lord i'm not going to work I'm, today i'm not doing anything yeah. ever again yeah but but anyway uh, so anyway, I, I, uh, I knew I didn't want to be there. Um, and, you know, it's like one of those things, who knows how I ended up here. But but I, mo- I moved, this is my favorite story of my whole life, really, which is, it's a very short story, which is just that I moved here, like, you know, with a month's paycheck in my pocket, you know, at age 17 or whatever it was, uh, the day before Jerry Garcia died. Oh. And I drove into Eugene, Oregon, right when the news was hitting. And it was like seven deep hippies on the street. I'm not kidding. Like it, it was like a, it was such a culture shock for me. Like coming into this, and it that's not the way Eugene is. Well, I mean,
0: I mean it's pretty hippie. It's, it's pre- pretty, it's pretty, pretty heavy. Like that.
3: But 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 it was like amazing because it was like this culture that. Usually, like you wouldn't see unless you were actively going to a dead show or something like that. Are you a deadhead? Uh, or was I, this, I am now. This culturally relevant at information. That moment, okay, I see. At that moment, I I was not. And so it was a real shock. And I was like, whoa, Oregon is so. Is this the way it is all the time? No.
0: It is weird. It is it weird. It certainly is weird. It, it's getting weirder. I mean, it's not every day that Jerry Garcia goes, but it, Portland has become weirder since that time. It's true. For it's sure. True. Not always in a positive way either. True. This I say true. we scrape some of those keep Portland weird bumper stickers off and say let's make Portland let's, slightly less weird. <laughs> let's, let's make it weirder in some ways and less weird in others. Let's bring back some law and order. Let the safe weird stuff continue.
3: <laughs> That's a long bumper sticker. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is. That, the the printing
0: The printing of, would probably uh, be expensive.
3: Of bumper stickers. But, uh, but anyway, so I came, I came here around then. And I bounced around just a little bit, but I mostly was here since then. And I think, you know, Oregon, as a kid growing up in Idaho, right, Oregon was kind of the promised land, in some ways.
0: Um, for, for were you in rural Idaho? Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, Peek yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm in the a peak in the thing. Oh no! Oh, my bad. Um, what did you just ask me? Rural, rural yeah, Idaho. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. I that's a hard know word was. to say. Rural. Yeah. Don't like that. Let's not do it again.
3: Um, yeah, I lived in a town most uh, around Twin Falls, basically, north okay. of Twin Falls. Between Sun Valley and Twin Falls is mostly where I lived.
0: What was the town called? Shoshone. Shoshone.
3: 2,000 or so people.
0: Wow, that's pretty small.
3: And I also lived in a place called Bellevue, which is up by Sun Valley,
0: kind of. My brother lived in Priest Lake mm. for like so that's five years. North, I it's think. pretty far north, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah I, I never went to Northern. Anyway, so Oregon was just like, you know, it was prettier it was more west coast you know like in my you know youthful mind i was like let's go there and so
0: oh i totally get that california was that for me yeah 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 Yeah. and i went there for a year i was like okay i did it (laughs) back to the pacific northwest (laughs) done
3: done yeah yeah so so um yeah so i came here and and then i've been here ever since and but i've lived all over
0: oregon so Mm -hmm. including in eugene for, what's for what's your favorite place to live in Oregon so far?
3: Astoria, for sure. It's the best. It's the ultra best. This is
0: honestly just like one of the greatest places to live in the country. It, it really is. Wow. We're we're yeah. close enough to big cities to where we have access to concerts and things to, like yeah. that. If you got to, yeah. And honestly, I don't need that stuff that often, especially now that COVID has terrified me of groups. Yeah, um, among other things, and yeah. terrorist attacks, and, and just like I'll avoid those groups. All the time. Let's just leave that. Totally in the past. fine. Yeah. Uh, to just stay in the woods. Yeah. yeah I you work in the woods a little bit, do you not? Do you have, or is that just a hobby? I see that's you. That's just a hobby. Okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm uh, right now trying to head towards eventually having a small farm for growing Chinese herbs. Um, so do you uh, gather
0: anything right. locally? No, none of that stuff really grows. Here. Chinese stuff is mostly in China, huh?
3: Yeah, that's how it works. And you know, obviously, China, um, especially where a lot of the herbs are grown, is further south, and so it's much warmer. Uh-huh. Um, but there are some herbs that are grown in northern China, and the climates are actually
0: pretty similar we're a little wetter but what um, about medicinal mushrooms like a uh, we got the Oregon reishi. Yep, you ever go out and harvest that? that
3: i i haven't but just because i don't like it's not part of my herbal practice but i i should just cuz they're, they're so cool
0: they're really cool yeah <sighs> and they're that's one of the mushrooms that i can tell is doing something when i take it because oh, yeah. it's it's reactive like you if you just chew on a piece of it your no. mouth starts to go numb yeah yeah you feel that one it's uh, it's good stuff i made a big batch of tea mm. I want so badly to be like the naturalist who goes out and harvests the mushrooms and makes the tea and you drink the tea and you feel so good but i think that stuff tastes so bad i just really don't like it
3: yeah and
0: so i made a big crock pot full of this tea and um my wife had a glass and her lips went numb from it and it i guess i mean she didn't get sick for a while after either so i think it worked it's well they say it's the i think it's the immortality mushroom oh right the reishi that, that I think I believe so, but there's lots of good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. And this is a good place, good place to harvest from nature.
3: Yeah, and there are um, fungal herbs. So when Chin- when we say Chinese herbs, that term herb uh, really includes animal parts and uh, all kinds of shells and stuff like that. But it also includes uh, all different kinds of plants and you know sometimes some. Uh, mineral parts mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't include many fungus including like cordyceps oh cordyceps yeah of, um and one called fooling which is a poria fungus that grows around a certain type of uh, pine tree root um so it's the kind of thing you know like i've been thinking a lot lately and the reason i'm thinking about farming herbs is that let's just say geopolitically things are a little unstable i don't know if anyone listening has noticed um and because of that and especially because of china's place in that um there is some concern among herbalists that we may lose access or that access may become so expensive that it's untenable it's already very expensive to import these herbs i bet um so you know i have been thinking and i'm not the first one by far there's books written about this about how can we start to see the co- the correlates in our own ecosystem for some of these plants can we grow some of them yes of course um but mushrooms is a perfect example like the poria fungus that we use herbaly does not grow here. But what is like it, you mm-hmm. know? And what might have similar properties? And then how do we do the
0: research to to move forward? You know. When you said that thing about the pine root fungus, mm-hmm. I had a flashback memory of being a little kid mm-hmm. and finding these uh, pine trees that have growths on the the, mm-hmm. the branches, mm-hmm. and it would be like a ball. Yeah. That it. it I have you seen chaga mushroom that yeah, grows yeah, yeah, on yeah. like birch? It looked similar to the outside yeah. of that, but it's on. It would be all the way around, like, uh, a branch. Right. And it would make, like, this big mass. Yeah, yeah. I I just remembered that from being a kid, and that was definitely a mushroom of some kind. For sure. I wonder what that was. I don't know. That's completely a tangent, but... the But interesting. Who knows? Like, there are... am It's like the way the, the culinary arts spread across the planet. Right. Like, French techniques made their way to the United States where they didn't have french ingredients so right. they used these techniques on exactly. on what we have and exactly. that's where you got all kinds of stuff like that's where we got barbecue and like yeah. every kind of american cuisine came from an adaptation of of a cuisine from somewhere else that sure. we just adapted to our environment
3: absolutely and, and and you know i think the the difference the reason it's not maybe quite so easy is only because when it's food, when it's something culinary, we can taste it and taste it and taste it and we're probably not going to die. Uh, whereas with herbs, we have to, that's why the research process has, because we have to think, yeah. of, we can't just be like, oh, this looks the same. We have to say, does it, first of all, is it going to kill anybody? Second of all, does it have any of the active components that we're looking for? So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's a lot more variables to contend with. For sure. Than the food issue yeah you don't want to be trying random stuff no yeah i imagine that whole chinese medicine uh, catalog took thousands of years to establish trial and error and all kinds of stuff
3: yeah yeah and you know the i mean without going into a whole history of chinese medicine you know the during the the han you know which is way way back you know let's say let's just like pick a date like uh, let's say 200 BC or something like that. Like at that time, they were writing down hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of herbs, and that was the uh, you know the the coalescing of an oral tradition. Several oral traditions that had been evolving for who knows how long prehistoric, you know, back in, before things were written down. And so, yeah, like they, they, so we don't
0: even know how old that stuff is. Not
3: really, but, but yeah, I mean the, the most recent, uh, kind of rewrites of, of, of the big herbal texts will have like 40,000 herbs in them. Wow. And some of those are Western herbs. So now, now that the, this, the country is opened, they are like looking at herbs from different traditions um, and, and then taking them in. So it's a little different, but, but still it's like... It's
0: probably better. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it probably doesn't throw out the good stuff from the older tradition.
3: The problem is as a practitioner, the reason that I uh, practice such a restricted form of herbalism is because as a practitioner, um, I want to have the information in my head and I can't memorize 40,000 things. Yeah, that's so. a lot.
0: That is a lot. So you probably just you have like a, a system that you're comfortable working in that has like a, a few of your like go to modalities that you. I mean, what do people come to you for for the most part? All kinds of things.
3: Um, yeah, I mean anything. Uh, I you know I I practice mostly within a very uh a, a, with a particular teacher um that a particular lineage we'll say um and that that lineage has as its kind of specialty dealing with. Um, all types of chronic disease. So it's less of an emergency. There are some emergency medicine traditions. There are some more acute care traditions. Uh, most herbal medicine is for chronic disease um, or for prevention,
0: mm-hmm. right? Um, chronic disease is way harder to treat, it seems like, wouldn't it be? It can be, yeah. Because it's so just long, just well,
3: grinding. The, f- the feedback is is not immediate. Uh-huh. Right, you know, if somebody's bleeding out and you stop them bleeding out, you're pretty clear that you did something.
0: Yeah, you know um, what you need to do. If
3: somebody like has three days where they have slightly better energy, but then two days after that a bad energy, you're not
0: really sure. Was well, it a bad mood? Yeah. Did they eat a bad Twinkie?
3: Yeah, so that's why we don't entirely rely. Re- <laughs> bad Twinkie. That's that's why we don't entirely rely on on patients' subjective reports. You know, we have a pulse tradition, so we feel the pulse, tongue, all all these different diagnostic traditions. Um, but you know, my, my, my most immediate teachers, um, their kind of specialties and thus my specialties are, um. Basically, chronic inflammatory diseases, in particular, um, the effects, uh, the after effects of Lyme disease. Oh, I treat a lot of that. A lot of that.
0: My yeah. mom has chronic Lyme.
3: Yeah, it's rough, and and it doesn't. It's it's basically something that the Western uh, traditions don't treat well. And they so, don't even yeah. act like it's real. Yes, they, they, they're, they're just starting they pretend to. You're making it up. Yeah, it's really bad. And yeah, anyway, that's 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 a whole interesting conversation. Yeah, um, but then also things like um, you know, chronic inflammatory bowel diseases. Um things like uh psoriasis and eczema, chronic mm. inflammatory skin diseases. Uh so stuff like that. That's oh, wow. that's the primary stuff that I I've
0: have been having skin do. issues. Yeah. Like just I I'm not sure if it's the weather or my diet, but I've always had pretty decent skin. Yeah. now suddenly I'm getting this patch on my stomach, like on my side that's just dry. It's just a big round patch. Just mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. Yeah. What should I throw on that? You got a salve or something that you gotta rub on there?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, so you you brought up the good uh the good point, which is that especially skin, um you know, Because there's kind of an excretion aspect to it, One, you sometimes have to wonder, am I eating something or taking something in that the body's trying to kick out? Mm-hmm. Or is this a chronic inflammatory condition like an eczema that's just shown up? That happens all the time. You don't have eczema your whole life. It's just like at some point it starts to manifest. So it kind of depends because we could put something on the outside, but sometimes that's just suppressing what's trying to express. Oh, that makes sense. And so it, sometimes we can put something on the outside and that helps soothe it while we treat the inside
0: so it seems like you do have a really holistic approach very that's very much antithetical to the western tradition
3: yeah i mean you know and i will say that i think that there's a there's a lot of change happening in that profession you know like we we're in the same office um at the other end of our office is dr baxter who i don't know if you know him what is he a doctor of he's a he's an osteopathic doctor but Mm. he was at cmh and then he left cmh
0: um I don't know. I know the name for sure, but I don't know why I would have. It was kind of a thought. Oh, he might have helped me with my knee. I blew out my knee a couple of years ago maybe I don't know I know the name for yeah, sure cool
3: cool guy and he decided to leave CMH and kind of that model to create um, like one of these more uh, where you pay him a certain fee and you get a certain flat rate services I don't know what he calls it exactly there's a name for that
0: I, I don't know but that sounds memory. like a cool it, cool it is cool
3: it's great for people who don't have insurance um, and even for, for other folks I know people some of my patients who have insurance see see him for some stuff anyway my point is that he is absolutely 100% uh, you know conventional doctor and, and but he has his mind open to a holistic approach and so sometimes he'll pass patients to us that he feels we can we can help along with him and so i do think there is some hope that that biomedicine is going to you know start to realize like patients are actually benefiting from these therapies and yeah. therefore, we it's in our best interest to to learn how we can help patients benefit from them more
0: that yeah that's that's awesome because it does feel like that when you're at the doctor and and you can kind of sense their resistance when you start to stray outside of their of their little neat yeah. box yeah and it sucks cuz it's like well what if there's blind spots out there that yeah. you're ignoring and i'm trying to get to that and and you don't want any part of it i i hate that feeling yeah yeah i there's... like the idea that it's all we're all one thing oh, like man. we got to consider like the doctor should ask, what are you eating? What are you, how are you sleeping? What, what, how's your stress levels? How are your relationships? But uh, they're not trained to do that.
3: Well, and the system that they're in usually doesn't give them any more than five to 10 minutes per patient. You can't you can't open those doors. But some patients, if I ask them a question, bless you all, if any of you are listening, and I know that I'm going to be sitting there talking for 15 minutes when I ask this question yeah. because they really want to talk. And that's part of my job as a person who practices medicine differently, but they don't have time for that. So they have to like keep you focused on the triage questions you know and so i feel for them like i I feel for them too it must suck
0: but this the whole system it's not like i'm i I have i love doctors they're great and they have a bunch of debt to deal with too so Uh, they're trying to get as many patients through as they can it's it sucks but um yeah it is a it's a bad system it really could use a little bit of improvement a lot yeah yeah and it should start before you're sick like that that would be a, a really beneficial thing and a lot of places do try like just through my work the all a lot of preventative care is, is covered 100% yeah and stuff that's that's responding to illness is, is not so that's good that's yeah. a step in the right direction absolutely an ounce of prevention and all that all,
3: all that all those sayings we have
0: so you legally changed your name to gray correct yes do you want to talk about that I'm curious about that well you posted about it so it's public yeah um what led to the change and why did you choose gray um well the the
3: what led to the change is a is a big a very big conversation but i will say the the most important thing is just to say that i wanted to create some separation with uh my father of birth and um I have, I mean, this is getting kind of deep, but I have always
0: been. Go as deep as you're comfortable with and, <laughs> and you don't have to go any deeper than you I want
3: mean, to. just very simply, I, for some reason, I've just been born with this tendency to always stand in the middle of issues. And I don't mean that in the way that it is sometimes meant, but just that I genuinely, like, I like to mediate conflict. And I just, I, for some reason, I always have a tendency of like biomedicine and, 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 you know, Chinese medicine or like technology and nature, like these types of things, like finding that in between place. Um, you know, and then I, I was trained primarily in uh, my first degree, my first major kind of uh, profession, if you will, was philosophy. And so I got a, a philosophy degree, started an M.A., started a ph phd actually um and then ultimately ended up going into medicine um, but when i was doing that work i was primarily involved in ethics you know and that's that was what interested me that's what i read that's what i wrote and um in that process of discovery you know studying philosophy is really just like a process of self-discovery in in many ways and and that's when i really um started to feel this sense of ambiguity in certain types of moral questions that seem so clear to some people. I've just never been one of those people who has those really, you know, um, really strong moral opinions. And, you know, like I was raised agnostic slash atheist. I, you know, I've always, and I've just, I was raised kind of apolitical. And, you know, so I've always had this sense of of being removed from all those harsh judgments and which lead to bad decisions can can often and and so um so that was the name you know the name was kind of like i feel like i'm in this in-between place um that's perfect you know so yeah it fits well thanks i am actually wearing all gray today which is a little (sighs) bit embarrassing
0: did you find that you had that kind of nuanced perspective before you got into philosophy or was it the philosophy that kind of exposed that
3: oh gosh it's such a good question i think that it's more that philosophy helped me with that helped open my mind to that and school in general Um, but certain aspects of my young life I think made me predisposed to that type of tendency um, to not take sides and to uh, stay in a in between place, I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it better than that. that
0: without no, I, I totally about. get it. That, I think you you captured it very well. I, I find that interesting, particularly just because I was raised very black and white. Mm. Like this is right, this is wrong, right. this is ours, this is theirs, all of that. But I never felt comfortable there. Yeah, I've always been a person who was very much in the middle. Okay. I like to. I'm not necessarily riding fences because I feel like that implies that you're waiting to choose sides. Sure. I don't ride fences, but I don't ever really pick sides. I right. don't I don't have a favorite anything. Yeah. I, I don't have a I just I've always been that way too. And I, and I and I like to talk to people who are like that because it's really hard to have an open conversation with somebody when they're emotionally tied to an idea. Right, An idea or a belief is just an idea that we like having. I think that's a Russell Brand quote, Hmm. but I like it because it's so true and and people will get so attached to their beliefs and their ideas and it's just like, this is just a thought that you like having in your head. (laughs) This is not a reason to to destroy relationships or or make people think that you're not a nice person.
3: Right. Or just waste all your time and energy like... Freaking out,
0: about it. trying to convince an it's invisible just, audience yeah, of a point that doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I it's know.
3: tiring. I don't know. It just, really is, and it doesn't mean I don't have strong opinions because
0: I do have strong opinions, and they're and, stronger. And but it's just because you can consider them from multiple perspectives. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Layered, layered opinions are always better, but they're also not as easy to make a, a tweet out of them, or, or that's a, true. It's harder to communicate those ideas.
3: Yeah, and it's harder to build like a, that. Uh, cultural vibe out of a bunch of people who have just reasoned opinions <laughs> you know what I mean there's yeah. nothing to
0: like a galvanize you you know yeah. yeah you don't have a common enemy
3: you're kind of like oh you also believe that things are complex oh great Yeah. me too yeah, yeah and,
0: and, that's, that's and you differ good. on something you're like oh well that's okay okay I see where you're coming from yeah. it's like it's kind of boring actually. you're not going to get the war paint you're not you're not banging the drum going to attack your enemies no when you're all just kind of going with the flow and taking things as they come
3: yeah
2: yeah. But
0: that seems like the natural progression of things as a human species. It's I hope like so. The more information we have, the better we have to be at at knowing how to synthesize that into into ideas. And it, it seems like there's a bit of a lag there. The information's here, right? But we haven't got the capacities to fully understand it as a as a unit, as yeah. a whole social unit. That us humans, we're very very scattered. A little bit, and you could feel it. It's and you could see it if you look on the internet,
3: for sure. On the internet, yeah.
0: yeah. Or TV, I guess, but I don't really watch TV. Any media, actually. Yeah, really, any (laughs) media. Um, So, you mentioned that you have started a podcast before, or that you wanted to? Yes. How come you don't have one uh, going right now? I do. Oh, you Uh, do?
3: Yes, but it's for the clinic. Oh, for the clinic? Yeah. Cool. So, I run a podcast there. I used to run a podcast for Chinese medicine practitioners um, on my blog, Um, but... Yeah, it was just you know, it's one, it's it's a lot. People it's don't lot understand. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. Like all the you know services like Buzzsprout and all these, pl- they're all like y- you know, make a podcast. And, you can do you it know, on the bus with yeah, your phone. Super it's, it's like yeah, if you want it to sound terrible, yeah. Yeah, and nobody will listen to it. But it's just you know, and like once you like when you commit to a weekly podcast, there's a pressure. Like I got to oh, get sure. this episode out, you know, and and so I just I I have so many other things I'm doing that it was just. Too much, but it's a great way to talk about health information. Like I really like doing it for the clinic because people have so many questions, and I hear so many things in the, uh, you know, in the treatment room, just like little things, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could easily help people not to have this question. Um, So yeah, so we're doing interviews with uh, practitioners mostly, just you know, talking to them about what they're interested in. But I will, I will bring uh, other people in, uh, you know, other healthcare providers. Like I want to get Baxter on if you're listening.
0: I'm coming for you. Do you uh, host? Do you host the show for your clinic?
3: Yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm the one. Cool. Yeah, but we just started up again uh, just a couple weeks ago. So
0: right on. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. It's I'm fine. sorry I haven't already. Yeah, it's not going to sound as good as yours. Just be well, be prepared. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. The I've little by little I've tried to up the game on sound quality. It's it's not that bad. It, like it's not that hard to get it to sound really good. It just takes so much time. Yeah, and it's different every every week. Like the the just the atmospheric conditions right. that are that are around will well, change like saying, the way it sounds. The rain, yeah. 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 But That's it's it's fun. It's it's a nice it's a nice way to I like how you, how you say it's not time. difficult
3: and I'm looking around and seeing like all the work that you did to make this room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh it's no problem. You just have to make a whole soundproof room
0: for but it. But I also record in my truck sometimes. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah, it's just those ones don't sound quite as good yeah, and it yeah. takes a little bit more time to edit the yeah. the road noise out, but it's not too bad. Point is it's not easy. No, yeah. Congrats. Time-wise, it just takes a lot of time. Yeah. It just takes a lot of time. Uh, let's talk about NFTs. So, I, the whole audience just groaned, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's just my imagination or if, if it's just a, the truth. But it seems like they it, 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 NFTs inspire contempt really with do. people who are not involved. That's really What funny. is going on? Why is that? I... I, I... I am
3: not entirely sure, uh, except that I uh, have always been a big nerd my entire life. And, you know, I was able to, you know, start programming uh, when I was in, like, middle school and, you know, way back. That was a long time ago. Um, And, you know, so I've always been dealing with computers. I've always been interested in computers. And I used to be on the bulletin board systems, BBSs, in the Phoenix area, Um, when the internet was
0: born, I was kind of deeply
3: involved with this BBS ecosystem
0: and, um, and that's message boards before they were called message boards, right? Yeah.
3: And they were basically like one dude would like have a computer in his house hooked up to a phone line and like, you would literally have to, you would get busy signals because people would be online. And when we got our first multi-line BBS, it was like amazing. And, And so that was like proto internet, right? And then the internet showed up and people were pissed, including me, I will say. I was like, what is this? This is terrible. Newfangled. yeah, like what not? like we don't even know these people. That was the oh, whole thing yeah, right yeah. because the, it was a local group. And so thinking about talking to like whoever in Michigan or whatever just seemed like, Terrible. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like it was, it was, so we met that with a lot of contempt. I famously refused to buy CDs. So like I do have my own issues as well. Um, So I only imagine as something like that, you know, that, that it's a resistant technology. Plus there's the anti-marketing that's happened. Oh, that's true. Pegging it to money laundering, uh, number one, and, you know, basically not doing right by artists on the other which is just which happens a little of course but it also happens as the rule in every other context so it's like oh my lord
0: that's actually a great segue i wanted to ask about the wanderers nfts and and the music industry yeah so it's a disruptive technology to the music industry why
3: well i mean the very simplest way i mean and this is super simple um is that basically, you know, as an artist right now, I mean the this you know, simplest, I mean, they're streaming artists now, right? But you can't you, people can't really make a living. yeah. so
0: way. if you're if you're streaming through Spotify, you get fractions of a penny for every stream. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very hard unless you're huge to make a living.
3: And even if you're huge, like you look at the the big artists and the money that they're making from streaming is nothing compared to what they were before. And in before, right, you had to get a recording contract. It took forever. And only certain types of bands would be accepted. And then you'd get a record deal. And often I mean, we've all watched the movies. We've all. Heard
0: and then the you stories. only get paid for concerts and merch. right, right, yeah. right. I mean, it's hard to make music. Yeah, living as a musician. It's also hard to make music. It is hard to make music. just alone. Yes. It's hard to do that yes. and then it's hard even harder to get it them to, to pay you right yeah, for it. To
3: actually get money for it. So, you know, at, income at, NFTs. Yeah, so as it's base um, the sim- simple way of doing it is that you know, as an artist, you could release an NFT, um, an album on an F- as an NFT or a song, or you know, there's like for instance, The Wanderers are even creating a, a situation where you can make your own music NFT from his individual tracks. So there's all these cool, innovative ways that you can use the tech. And the most important thing is that, for, first of all, the artist is the one who gets all the the income, and more importantly, every time that is resold they get royalties forever it's coded in nobody can take it from
0: them that's the best part
3: you know so it's like forever you write a song and 40 years hence assuming everything's still around (laughs) then then you're still getting royalties so it just it puts a lot of control in in the hands of the artist and then i think really importantly it creates this um, relationship between the fans because not only is there the music which is is awesome but then there's also kind of like this way in which you're like it's like you're an investor in their in their in the quote-unquote business of their music and it's like you feel like you're really like for me like with with the the artist so my other the actually the way i got into nfts is through a guy named sunjay lee uh, who is a a brush painting artist um he's he lives in uh, south korea and he used to go to the school where i taught and where i went to school and that's how we met, but he's also a jazz musician. And he's like, he just started, I mean, he has a record label and he's starting this whole innovative use of of music and NFTs. And like, it's a way for him to actually finally be able to focus on music for the first time. And like, it's so, for me as his friend, it's so amazing to see him, like, it's no longer this thing of how am I going to game the system and how am I going to like, you know, meet the right person or like convince the right person. It's like, all you have to do is find like, you know, the thousand true fans or whatever. It doesn't even need to be that many. But you you find those fans, and they have an intimate relationship with your growth and development, Um, and that can be pressure, but it can also be just I think really nourishing. I hope it would be more so than you going to a record store and buying the album. They don't know
0: knowing all that money is going to the label. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. It's fantastic, and also on top of just the the intimacy, it allows the fan base to grow, like to gain. Money, like to to yeah. make money off of exactly because like you're investing. If they only make a hundred, or let's say they they make a thousand albums, you, like there's only a thousand copies available. They're each, I don't know, a dollar. Right. Which I saw that there was, a guy did he did a million copies or no it wasn't that, but I think he he made it was a thousand thousand or right. something like that. He made a million dollars by selling his album and then all those fans cuz it was a guy who was not huge as he grows and his he gains some traction in new audience <clears throat> and gaining new audience members all those originals are resold for more and the value grows and he gets royalties the original minter gets royalties everybody wins yeah it's really cool
3: yeah and 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 i think you know even if somebody doesn't you know blow up and and those nfts don't become super uh, valuable in a financial sense, uh, another thing is that it's, it's permanently yours. You know what I mean, and so you have a, a record of this, and especially when the music is kept on chain, as opposed to being, you know, attached to an alternative storage method, it's also like a permanent access to something that you purchased, which is actually difficult to find.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, especially um, digitally.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, and you know, the the number of things that people can do from there, you know, like you said, make it making a, a special rare album. Like, let's say you're a musician, you release an album. And you release, like you said, a million copies of the basic album. You're hoping to sell a million copies, um, but then you could you could make a thousand or a hundred that were just very special, and you could you know have those people have unique experiences and all this kind of thing, you know. And so in that way, you can have like quote unquote fan clubs in in the sense of like
0: um,
3: you know rewarding your the, the people who are closest to you, but it has financial. Uh, realities as well. So yeah. The
0: community aspect of NFTs is definitely the most important part. Not only is that what's getting these big projects to that level, but it's also what's destroying the small ones. It's lack of community. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's I mean I just think I think of all NFTs as just investing in a startup. Like except for those that are one to one art. Like there there is just the correlate of the you know Analog art world, which mm-hmm. is just rich people buying really expensive art and holding on to it forever,
0: right? There's that. Poor people laundering money,
3: and there's that too. Yes, which
0: is a great way to do it. Yeah, if you need to do it, hey, use art. Why not? But, but yeah, I, I totally think that the the one to one art NFT world is has yet to see its heyday. Oh, I, yeah. I think we're probably still a decade off from that because there is still isn't really a good physical representation. Of, of how to display them. I mean, there's yeah. you can get there's those NFT screens, yeah. but I don't think that they're... They're not around enough for people to see it as it's like a... expensive, too. Yeah, they're also really very expensive. But I have some... I have actually quite a few uh, art NFTs yeah. just because I... I I love them. I yeah. like. I love them. I think they're so cool. I, w- I will stare at them for hours. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I would if I had hours. Right, right. But, you have to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one line in particular that I'm a huge fan of. It's called Contrastive. Mm. And it's an AI-generated uh, art NFT line. And so, the first one was like the Genesis collection. And I bought one of those. And that gave me access to all their further drops. Right. So, and then... In in addition to their just their NFT lines, they're building tools hmm. that you as that you will have access to as a as an owner of their products. Hmm. So I can go into their thing called the Reality Stone, and now I can make my own art, and hmm. I can give it prompts, and and it will spit out uh, an AI generated piece of art, right? Which is amazing, yeah. and it wasn't even possible five years ago. Seriously, like I remember looking at some of the AI art just a couple years ago. I mean, like, I think that almost looks like an eyeball over here, and then maybe this this little brown squiggle could be like a beard. I don't know. Now it's just like, holy shit! Yeah, it's that is amazing. I don't, and it does it in five minutes. Yeah, like the computing power it takes to do that, and it's reverse engineering these images from human perspective. Right. So it's making something for a human to consume based on I'm a. I'm going to assume it's like Google searches or something. I'm yeah, sure, whatever know. their data set is that they're pulling some from or set, yeah. all the images that are out there, who knows. But it it comes up with some crazy shit.
3: Yeah, there's a new one and I can't I, this is really pointless cuz I'm not I don't remember the name, but I'll send you the link, but it's I I'm like what you maybe you've seen it where you give it a natural language phrase. Mm-hmm. So like it could be two guys in a shop in the rain recording a podcast, and it will literally paint that. It will create that, and it'll create different versions.
0: I, mean, I did see it's this. It's
3: terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, but you're like, what?
0: I got ads for that on my uh, Instagram or TikTok or something.
3: It, it has come so far so fast. Yeah. In, in just years, it's
0: so that that project that you're talking about is actually probably the biggest competition to contrastive that I'm mm. talking about um so we'll cut all this out but yeah forget yeah. that forget <laughs> no. <I> said that <laughs> it, the when i saw that i was like holy shit because that they're doing exactly the same thing except they're giving you 12 options right. or 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 whatever right. it's it's way more it's so I, interesting. it's unbelievable what it's doing so interesting imagine when quantum computing is, yeah, is yeah, a yeah. is a real uh, is a reality what kind of just what kind of art will be created by these computers yeah. probably will far exceed human cap- capabilities.
3: Yeah. We'll just give up on the art thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like,
3: man, yeah, we'll do something else. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and of course there's the, the, the generative art, um, but then there's also just artists that are just making digital artworks or digitizing physical artworks like my That's
0: friend the said. most common one. Yeah. That, it, that a lot of those too. popular ones, like the board apes and things, those are all hand right. handmade, just in, in yeah. pieces.
3: Yeah. I, I you know, and I kind of like in my mind, I separate uh those the collectibles projects a little bit from stuff like Sunjay what is doing, uh my friend Sanjay, because those are like individual artworks. That are created by hand, as opposed to, like you say, the generative artworks like the board apes and the much. much.
0: They're they're basically just like a built on probabilities. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not as artistic to me. No, but they are still cool. Oh, they're uh, cool. Yeah, but mostly just because other people think they're cool. <laughs> totally. There, I don't think I would think they were cool if if they weren't cool board apes other in particular. People. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not going to pay half a million dollars. No. For a picture of a monkey. No. I would pay a few grand for a picture of a monkey if it was one of those but um honestly even if i saw if i was on open right now and i saw a board ape for $10,000 i wouldn't buy it yeah yeah even though that's a hell of a deal I mean, <laughs> right. you can make I a mean, lot of money on that
3: <laughs> that that is that is a hell of a deal yeah and you know and so that that's the funny thing right so like that that is exactly kind of one of the one of the complaints i think that your average person has about nfts they're like why would you pay half a million dollars for a picture of a monkey and of course Bored Apes is probably the most interesting uh, project in the sense that the art, I mean, I'm sorry for anybody in the audience who loves it. It's not that great. I mean, no. and I don't think anybody really thinks it's that great. Um, it's pretty, like, they kind of all look the same, which is not what you want out of a generative it's better project.
0: better than the CryptoPunks. Oh, boy.
3: Yeah, but you know, but okay, so CryptoPunk's off to the side, but Bored Apes, they are building a brand. Yeah. Right. And they're doing it effectively. And they just opened a restaurant. It may not be something you and I are necessarily on the, But that's normal. I don't wear Adidas either. I don't wear, you know, there's a lot of things I don't wear or get into. But that's what they're building. That's kind of the model they're executing. It's like, let's make it a brand. Let's make it something that's cool, you know, for people to come to the parties or to wear the merch or to, you know, participate in the conversations. You know, it's more of a club. So you're buying, just like people buy ridiculously priced country club memberships, and I don't understand that because I think golf is very strange, Um, it's the same thing. you know. It's like I may not want to go to the LA party and hang out on the yacht or whatever, but somebody else does, and they will pay half a million dollars for the privilege.
0: Yeah, and if you wanted to be friends with the fancy golf guys, that's where you'd go. That's where you go. So, if you want to be an up-and-comer in the tech world or whatever, I don't know where the board apes are actually popular, but (laughs) not in the circles I run. (laughs) I think the, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. I, I bought a few NFTs in the last year, and most, I'd say, the vast majority of them are worthless. Yeah, oh yeah, and will be forever. Yeah, yeah. But a couple of them are popping off, and it's exciting to watch. Yeah, like it's cool. I, I minted a portals, mm. uh, which is a metaverse company, mm-hmm. for uh, one Solana or one point five Solana or something mm. like that. I think that now they're worth over fifty. Oh wow! And that's that's so rare. Yeah, so rare. So many projects come up they flare up and they're they're popular for a couple days on Twitter. And then uh, you go back a week later and nobody's been in the Discord. Yeah. And there's so many scams. And it's just like it's the Wild West still. It's still very much in the infancy stages.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I've bought – I think I own like 200-some now. And I would say, you know, about half are not worth much. Um, But I've never looked at it as an investment. You know, like, that's not really what I'm into it for. I, I'm, I'm genuinely looking for communities and projects that, that will will hold up. And I've been pretty lucky. Like, I've, you know, the, the few that I have, they have gone up and down, but they, they're still building. And that's the key. And that's how you have to, that's what I mean by investing in a startup. It's like with the Wanderers, it's like, I don't know these guys from Adam like I don't know who they are you know like they're doxxed and everything so I know who they are but you know they're not like people I've vetted their past projects and figured out who they are or any of this kind of stuff so they're they're just some people but they have a compelling vision so it's very much like if you have VC or you do something like this and you're investing a project you hear their pitch you look at what they you know the work the pitch deck or whatever work they're giving you you look at the market and you look at your risk tolerance and you say hey I'm gonna jump in you know and so I've put quite a bit of money um, towards this project, not necessarily because I want it to make money, but because I'm genuinely interested in seeing what they produce.
0: Yeah. And the more you support them, the better chance they have. Yeah.
3: The more they get paid. It's a cool project.
0: I looked into that one. It's very cool. I can't afford it. so cool. It's really neat, though. Uh, They're in the Ethereum ecosystem, correct? Correct. So it has become very clear that Ethereum is the blue chip NFT market. Yeah. Why is that? It's so fucking expensive, it's very slow, it's congested, but that's where all the good NFTs are.
3: Yeah, it's just one of those first movers advantage things, I think. You know, something gets, I mean, I think the protocol is quite stable and there's like other things, there's a lot of people working on it, right? So I think there's reason enough to, I mean, it's obviously a competitor and I think, but it just got enough people, you know, Bored Apes is on it, what? you know what's gonna what's gonna happen now you know what i mean and yeah. moonbirds this new one that's driving me up the wall like yeah, it, it's also you know so the more huge projects the more like multi-million dollar projects are on that chain the harder it's going to be for us and then we'll just see like if this merge fixes some of those issues the 2.0 upgrade yeah for me it's not even i i don't the slowness whatever i mean because i use polygon oh so it's not that bad well polygon is very slow but oh it is yeah it's cheap it it is cheap so that's the thing is the is the cost that's what i'm hoping we're going to see is those gas fees come down because i've paid like four or five hundred bucks for gas fees me
0: too or i paid several hundred dollars on one when it was an nft i i didn't even like It was uh, like the first one I ever got on Ethereum. I was like, I got to get my foot in the door here. Yeah. So I minted some dumb panda.
2: Oh, man. And
0: the panda cost like .08 ETH, and uh, it ended up costing me quite a bit more than that. Oh, man. That's like, and then so it turned annoying. out to be a rug pull anyway. Oh, no. It was a big, big letdown.
3: Yeah, you know, and that's the other thing I think that does bother people is that there's there's scams. And there are scams, and they're, they're rampant. Prevalent, yeah. Um, and they are also... You know, especially once you've been in the in the world for a little bit, they're fairly easy to spot. But still, you know, I know people who have been in it since the beginning, and they still will get rug-pulled from time to time.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's really—I mean, some people put a lot of work into these programs and then just— just ditch walk away.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and there's like the soft rug pull, right? That I that's most of my projects haven't been overt like they just disappear, but more yeah. like they just kind of lose energy or they they spend all that initial money. It's just like any startup and they just run out of juice.
0: And a lot of these people aren't aren't career business people. That's the key. They're tech people. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing.
3: Well, and sometimes they're just artists who are hiring devs and that's even worse.
0: The devs fuck them over a lot of the time.
3: That's right. They don't know because they don't know tech, many of these artists. And so they just go with somebody who says solidity, blah, blah, blah. And, and they go with it and then the dev disappears as soon as the project's done, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think there are a lot of problems there, but like you say, you know, it's in its infancy and, Terrible things happen. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's like oh, only people have only ever been scammed by NFTs. That is, NFTs are not the originator of scams. Yeah. You know, it's like people get scammed all the time. Like, did did we ban the telephone because people sometimes call and take grandma's credit card or whatever? Like, no, we just switch no. to
0: text. Yeah. yeah, or we, you know, because those scam calls are ta- ta- annoying. Yes. Oh man. They have honestly ruined the telephone. It's terrible. It, it's not even worth using anymore. I barely ever answer. I the have
3: phone. never purchased a car warranty in my life. Yeah. So I know they're lying.
0: But you need that upgrade. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway. It's bad. So,
3: yeah, the scams are terrible, but but it's the kind of thing that hopefully the community will ultimately find a way to protect new people against. That's the key.
0: I also don't think the scams are as bad as people think. It's just that there's also a lot of failed projects. Right. And it's kind of hard to tell the difference between a slow rug pull yes. and a failed project. Yes.
3: And people just need to have appropriate... Uh, Expectations going in, you know. If you if you're expecting, you know, you read about the board apes. You read about somebody who minted board apes for 0.04 or whatever it was, and now they just sold it for 120 ETH. And you think, okay, well, that's what happens. Yeah. You know, or or you think, oh, well, that won't happen to me, but maybe 60 ETH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then the truth is that if you 2x that investment in a week, that's probably the best investment you've ever made in your life. It doesn't need to be a 5,000 X investment.
0: So, you know, I think as crypto, people, yeah, crypto makes you greedy.
3: It does. It does. It, Cause it's fast money. It's easy money. And especially in the early days, of course, like with everything, like with the internet, yeah, money's flowing, you yeah. know, and ideas are flowing everything feels really good. And so people jump on board thinking they're going to make some money. Um, and I won't lie, you know, like I do expect to at least get my money back for this investment, but I'm thinking of 10 year investment scale,
0: you know, not yeah. like, Ten days. <laughs> that's a hard one to predict when yeah. that's going to pop. Yeah, I need that ten day. Yeah, no, no, not it's happen. hard.
3: It's yeah. I'm not a day trader. I'm not like sitting at the computer and watching all the
0: yeah, charts. The, the bars charts or the yeah. candle charts. candle Candles, charts. I know.
3: It took me so long to figure out what they were talking about.
0: I know. I still not sure what the wick is all about. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I just don't. look at the red or the green. Yeah. Oh, that's a big green one. I buy it.
3: Greens is, is good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I did a
0: little stock. Uh, not really trading, but I was getting into stocks a little bit before crypto, mm. and that's what got me into crypto because mm. I just started looking at those charts. I was like the gains here are—I <laughs> like these—quite a bit bigger. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, if, oh, if I would have put a hundred dollars here yesterday, yeah. it'd be worth ten. The uh, worth a thousand yeah. dollars today—that's yeah. nuts. You don't uh, see that in the stock market. No,
3: no, and of course, then the next day it could be down to zero. So that's, exactly, that's part of the problem. You don't but...
0: see that in the stock market either. No, so you get a little bit the more stability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean that's the way it is, right? The bigger you risk, the b- bigger you profit.
0: Yeah. I still am a, a pretty big proponent of the gold standard Bitcoin. I really mm-hmm. think Bitcoin is going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. There's so many people own it now. Yeah. It's it's just it's spread across this whole planet. Yeah. It's distributed. It's it's a good system and I think it's that's going to it's going to, you know, stand the test of time. Yeah. But as far as all these other ones, altcoins and such, I- I really don't know. Ethereum probably is going to be around forever, too. That's yeah. that's the Coke to Bitcoin's Pepsi. Yeah, I think or it's vice kind versa. of baked
3: in at this point. But, like, even Solana,
0: which is big. And what is the deal with their network?
3: I don't know. They it's
0: been issues. so flimsy. It's so bad. I, I was a huge Solana guy. I still am. I Pretty much all the trading I, I've done has been on Solana the last six months. But it's. I'm very disappointed with the fact that they've had network outages that lasted days.
3: I know. It's been bad. And the communication is not great.
0: They're not even saying why. Yeah. Like the first time that happened, they did. They're yeah. like, oh, it's because, um, what was it, radium. Too many people were trying to do radium right. mining right. pools or, or something like that. But, right. Which is another way to make a lot of money really fast or and or lose your ass is the right. uh, mining. Yeah. yeah. Mining and um, liquidity pools. Right. I got into that briefly. Yeah. And then I realized that um, you there's impermanent losses yeah. are, are such a huge risk that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Like if both both of them can go up. Like both of the currencies that you're staking can go up, but if one of them goes up way more than the other one, you have losses. Like I don't You're like what?
3: Yeah. How's that possible? Yeah, and that stuff, you know, like I'm not a finance guy and like I, I got into NFTs for the art and for the community. And so, like, I have done a couple, like, uh, there's a coin related to a group of Wanderers Maxis that, that I'm part of. But, like, I don't, like, you know, I'm more just because it gave me the ticket into the community associated with that. I don't really yeah. care about what the thing is doing. And a couple, like, you know, staking staking an NFT here or there. But it's just too, like uh you
0: it's it's almost as if you can just watch the technology developing and going through these these some of them awkward stages seriously awkward. Yeah. there was uh, something happened in the fall of last year and then all of a sudden every nft line decided we're gonna have a coin too yeah yeah it's like why (laughs) Why we We don't i don't need any more of these random worthless coins in my wallet i know
3: most of them don't do anything
0: most almost all of them do nothing and they're like oh we're gonna use it for our up-and-coming marketplace right there's already marketplaces. Why are you wasting your time? I don't know. I but don't know. Th- it's because they need something. They need they need a thing to be able to talk about and point to. Like, look, keep stay here. Right. We're gonna be big. But, and
3: and once projects, you know, there is a thing in in a in a emerging industry like this. How fast it moves. Um, everybody's always feeling behind, and so as soon as they see a couple projects using a buzzword they're like oh crap we have to use that buzzword too because like that's all those projects are doing well and it's just i don't think people understand if you haven't been part of a industry that's moving like this it's like if we all sound like we're losing our minds it's because we kind of are because it's hard to even know like you you know you and i being kind of relative you know we're not mem- like we don't own a project we're not deep fringers it. yeah but like Even, you know, it's hard to even like keep track of just your two projects that you're paying attention to because they move so damn
0: fast. I know.
3: And so it's, it's, I think that contributes to the tendency of, of culturally for everybody to talk about it all the time and for it just to be like, you know, so intense and like there's, you know, I'm, one of the things I'm doing, um, is kind of moving into, you know, what Sanjay has been calling metaverse medicine, which is. You know, these founders, these project founders and these artists and these devs and the community members, like people who are big involved in the communities, like the mental health is not great in the community. And like, I'm worried that we're going to start to lose people, you know, that the pressure is going to be too much for that very reason. Maybe you're an artist who's been working for 20 years doing, you know magazine and newspaper comics or something like that you get excited about nfts you put your heart and soul into a project and then you release it and two days later you the people who bought it are screaming at you to add a token or to like
0: you know yeah. whatever and then somebody else has stolen your entire <laughs> right. set of on top art of it yeah and launched it as their own line and they're doing better than you are and you can't do anything about it yeah openc I mean, won't talk to you there's
3: all these terrible you know little things and it's like um there's nobody talk, you know talking about it, and there's nobody making space for. I mean, there are like there are a couple of of influencers who have started to talk about that stuff, but it is a very just you know just like Silicon Valley in the '90s, just like many like like the Gold Rush. I mean, yep. we can look at all the dot com boom. It's just like it creates this incredibly intense place where literally fortune, family fortunes, can be made in a day, but. You can also lose your ass like you say you yeah know, or lose your mind you know so yeah it's, it's hard not it to yeah
0: it, like i got a little spread too thin on the nft situation last year and i just it was too exciting it's it's <laughs> like the dopamine just kept pulling me yeah, back it and it got to where i was i was trying to keep up on too many projects and just burned out completely yeah got to where i was just like i just can't i just can't do this to Get myself every day yeah. It's it's not even bored, I got exhausted by it. Yeah. I got to where it just drained it drained me. Yeah. To where like I really just felt like I would feel like sick to my stomach when I even looked at Discord for for a while.
3: <laughs> I feel
0: you. I was just like I can't right now. Yeah. I just need I need something that's better, like health. I need health yeah. right now. I need not to be st- sucked into the computer and so much just hoping. Yeah. Like, Hope is is an uncomfortable feeling. I don't love <laughs> Hopium, like they call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah,
3: it it's true. I mean, it, and it and it is the kind of thing that you have. You know, because there is money involved, and because there is that fast. And you know, there's a gambling aspect to it. We can't say that there's not. Like anytime you make an investment, whether you're you know part of you know you've got a lot of capital and you're investing in big companies, or whether you're somebody has hundred bucks that you're investing in an NFT. You know, it's like there is that pressure there and that difficulty. And I think that's like one of those things. Like we need to have a way of onboarding people to say, like, here's the things you need to remember. Here's how to avoid the rug pulls. Yeah. Here, here's how to like the tech is kind of confusing. Here's how you can figure it out. Here's what you know, here's the glossary. Like I saw that you have a uh, like a crypto glossary on your website. Yeah. Because people don't know what fiat people don't know what fiat
0: is. People don't know what a lot of words mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. I learned and, a ton just Doing research for crypto, trying to figure out how not to lose all my money. Right. I got lucky in that everything I put into crypto has been crypto profits. Right. So I'm not losing my family fortune, um, luckily. But people do that. But people do. Yeah. Because like, oh, it's a sure thing. No, not so sure.
3: I mean, and that's just, that's where the gambling aspect comes in. It's like, you convince yourself with that hopium, you know, that it's gonna, this is, you can feel it, you know it, you know, this guy's into it, that guy's into it. It's got the fundamentals and all that kind of stuff, but... It's too new. You've got to be careful. You know, it's like you, we can't, we don't, there's no guidance
0: and you're just kind of going by your gut half the time. And you're just one. Yeah. You're just one data point, yeah. like one information receiving area that yeah. can make decisions. And you need more than that. Yeah. That's why, the, that's another reason why those communities are so critical. Absolutely. Because they do talk and they're, they're really good. Like they're, it's a benevolent space where the, where the, the communities who are all involved together, are genuinely nice and kind to each other yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's always assholes everywhere, but. Yeah, naturally. But um, I've been really impressed in, in the level of community that they can build by just like gathering together around a, you a know, Discord. <laughs> Discord. I know. Yeah.
3: I know. Like, uh, you know, I wrote this whole Twitter thread about the Wanderers because, like, genuinely, I have not felt this kind of community uh, online since the BBS days. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, just the the genuine interest and like, and like you say, like that is actually like how I've avoided some some rug pulls and some security issues because things I, you know, like getting a hardware wallet, like I didn't, how would I have known that? Like th- that that OpenSea doesn't tell you that. No but, no, but none of the exchanges tell you to do that. Yeah. And so it was the community that was like, get this one, do this, don't do that, you know, and it's like. You know the that community um, that community aspect can at least help a little bit with the onboarding, but yeah, but we've got problems if we really want mass adoption.
0: Yeah, what do you think the biggest problems are towards mass adoption? The well, obstacles.
3: I mean, I think the the two biggest things one is just improving the security and safety of folks, um, and That's then number help. two, the tech. It's got there's got to be a simpler UI. Like it, people. I, I had trouble at first and like yeah. I, I don't have trouble with stuff like this. So it's like, you know, your average 50 year old with a little disposable income is like not, but now Coinbase NFT launched today. Did you see?
0: Oh, I didn't see yeah, that. Finally. They actually have a marketplace?
3: Yeah. Yeah. They've been promising it for like two years or something. The, it seems the app like.
0: has the NFT's little no, section No, but in now it, they're, they, they, they just launched. Now. Yeah. Oh, it's, cool.
3: it's only in beta. So, and it's going to be invite only, but. Uh, what
0: are they doing all
3: blockchains? I don't know. I know they're doing Ethereum, but I have a feeling that they're going to introduce.
0: I bet they'll do Solana, Solana.
3: like OpenSea just did.
0: Do you have you had any interaction with any Cardano NFTs? No, me either. I just heard
3: people talking about it, but no.
0: I got out of Cardano right before it took a dump. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, it's it's hasn't really recovered yet. Yeah, but I don't know why. I uh, that's another thing with all these projects is it's very hard to know what is going on right like cardano was all the rage everyone was talking about yeah, it yeah. last spring, about a year ago it got up to three dollars a piece and now it's below a dollar Yeah, and it's and like what happened nothing yeah all that happened so is weird. is like they oh yeah actually i do know what happened they were announcing smart contracts they start. we're going to start smart contracts in september and so the entire summer leading up to that they're just pumping that information and people the hype just built and then the smart tra- contracts came out and i don't think they really worked well Oh. And then so everyone just was just like, "Nope, we the out. Thing it's
3: it's unforgiving space, and that's true of any emerging market, right? Like people do not have time or patience to deal with you working out your issues, and no. and that and that I'm hoping will change because that's what really puts that kind of pressure on founders and makes it very difficult to figure out what the hell is going on.
0: Yeah, I don't think that will change because yeah. that's just the nature of early technologies. It's yeah. an iterative process. Well, it'll change as it's not.
3: New. That's the yeah. point. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ten exactly.
0: years from now, maybe we
3: won't be having the same. Hopefully, we won't be having the same conversation. Yeah, it'll be something new.
0: Yeah, it'll. I mean, it'll be about the monopolies by then. I'm right. sure Ethereum. It'll be about breaking up Ethereum or something. Right? <laughs> well, and that is one thing to talk about, right? Like, look at Google ten years ago versus Google now.
3: Well, and just think about me- Meta and
0: their yeah. whole metaverse. Thing. They're going out of business.
3: They're they're out of control.
0: Though. There's no way that's going to be successful. People they, don't want it.
3: And and f- they they're taking fifty percent royalties on NFT creation. Like, are you
0: stupid? Serious? Stupid. Like
3: nobody's going to do that, man.
0: No, I'm not going to go into the metaverse, Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. No. To sell NFTs. No. And give him half the money. No, I'm so angry that it exists. Facebook is used primarily by old people. That's true. They are not going to the metaverse probably have, not. They do not want to go there. I've been to there and, and there's no old people there. <laughs> and uh, either that or they they have their avatars, y- you know, hey, in youthful attire. I
3: mean, if you're going to go to the metaverse, you might as well.
0: When I'm in the metaverse, I'm a black man with dreadlocks. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and I wear a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> you get to be whatever, whatever you want. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's great. I actually had forgotten that I was that and I went and played golf with my friend Colton and so I show up to the golf thing in the metaverse and colton's avatar looks like colton yeah yeah. he's like a skinny white guy with a hat on yeah and then he's like dude you look weird (laughs) like what you don't
3: look like yourself
0: like you have like long hair and then i i looked and i was like oh yeah i'm black jeff today (laughs) right right reggae jeff forgot but that's i like that i don't want to be myself so i have to act like myself and i was trying to figure out a way to to get rid of that like the responsibility of being um you know, fallen in line with your narrative. Totally. That's the best part about digital worlds yeah. is you get to start a new narrative yeah. or just pause your real one and just live in the fake world.
3: Well, and, you know, and and we can laugh at that. And even, you know, I think some people would find that notion strange and, and objectionable even. But I think a lot about, you know. You could definitely
0: make that argument. Yes,
3: you could. But think about people who, for whom living in the, Physical world is not easy. Uh, people whose bodies are not working for them in various ways, or people you know who have a <clears throat> they occupy a strata in society that doesn't allow them to do and say the things that they would like to do and say. You know, so I do think that is part of the power of it, and part of why I don't want that under corporate control, if yeah, at all possible.
0: Yeah, it needs to be open source as much Free, as possible. You know, like the internet should have been. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, as a Twitter user, where do you stand on Elon Musk and his? Desire to take over Twitter.
3: I would like to hear less from him. That's all. Um, But, you know, whatever. From him or about him? Uh, Both. I I just need him to just, just take a couple years off of being public Um, but you know I mean I think so public I think he's I don't think he really cares about Twitter and I think it feels like a game and like I've been on Twitter since 2007 it's the only social network I really use Mm
0: -hmm. and like
3: I'm gonna be pissed if he messes it up but he does some good ideas you know I've read his ideas and they're they're good Uh, you know
0: have you ever had any problems with uh, community guideline violations no you mean me doing it yeah
3: no I've never I've never been I've never been put in jail never been shadow banned Nope. never been shadow banned Uh, and you know, I've also never experienced any harassment or any kind of weird,
0: objectionable... I haven't really had any problems on Twitter. Some people really get hammered. I tried a little harassment once, didn't care for it.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, you just got to try it out. You don't yeah. know.
0: No, I, I really did. I, 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 Some journalist wrote an article bashing Bitcoin. Oh. Uh, or no, bashing Tesla, actually. Oh. Speaking of Elon Musk. And I was like, Uh oh, oh, somebody's trying to short their Tesla stock. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote me back and he's like, I'm a journalist, and this is a very serious accusation. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh. It was an accident. I wasn't. I didn't think you were actually going to read this. <laughs> I didn't know you were a real person. <laughs> but it was a rude awakening. It's like, okay, words matter. Yeah. That's a good reminder. This yeah. is real life, even That's though true. it's on a computer screen.
3: I do sometimes say very mean things to politicians and then delete them immediately.
0: Because you feel bad? Yeah, because I'm like, I don't want him to. You wanted that. to get it out, but yeah. you don't want to actually hurt no. somebody's yeah, I feelings. I don't want anybody to see That's that. That's how I feel almost all the time about every strong opinion I have. I'm like... I have this strong opinion, but it's not strong enough to want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin somebody's day over it. No. But, yeah, I don't want to be a ball buster. Yeah. I don't want to ruin anybody's day. Yeah. I just don't. I was a park
3: ranger for the Army Corps of Engineers. I hated that because the whole job was basically chasing kids who were smoking pot off of public land. Yeah. And I was like, shouldn't they be literally on public land doing this? Yeah, where like, are they where supposed you to go? do want them to go?
0: Yeah, they should be in a back alley behind a dumpster. <laughs>
3: yeah exactly so yeah i get that
0: yeah enforcement on my back. well i mean just like it's weird too because so many people love telling others what to do but i think that part of being a person who considers multiple perspectives and nuance living in the gray area Mm -hmm. i don't like telling people what to do yeah i like providing information letting people make choices and i think that's what the government is supposed to do yeah i do not think the government's supposed to be telling us what we can and cannot do with our bodies right you know my body my choice right that's just
3: that's just a, it's I
0: a good guess. policy
3: it is a good policy
0: agreed but yeah let's see oh what does it feel like to be one of the older guys in an nft community i
3: know i really am like always oh, the oldest guy
0: yeah. I, I me too and it, it's very strange because yeah, i don't feel that old in any other no, circles no. but I, it's a lot of young people in nfts
3: like very young people like i was talking to a guy we were talking about doing a collaboration with the Planet Pass, which is part of Wonders. And, you know, we were just talking back and forth. And he's, I can't remember now what he said, but he said something that was like, it just caught me wrong. And I was, and I was like, and I was like, how old are you? I, I wish I could remember what he said. And he's 16. Ah, yeah. And I was like, you are almost 10 years younger than my daughter. So, Anyway, like, I mean, I, I don't mind. I I was born an old man. I wanted to be an old man ever since I was a young man. Me too. And I don't I don't mind. But it is interesting because I do think... Um, so the Wanderers, for instance, the average age of people who are invested in that pro- project is much higher than any other project I have.
0: Yeah, I thought that's... I, so, I was noticing that. It's kind of interesting. It seems like a little bit higher class of yeah. a project.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like... Yeah, I really—I don't—I mean, part of—there is some adult content, right? Like, it has a lot of weed content and alcohol content as part of the project. So maybe that kind of—although you'd think that would actually attract more 16- and 17-year-olds, but— You would think. But, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. That is one thing I've noticed, that projects will kind of attract a certain uh, uh, group. But anyway, so in The Wanderers, I feel okay, you know, even though I am—I'm like the old guy of the old guys, which is—
0: I just—I um I didn't really— Expect that that it would be no. so young people. No. I, I figured it'd be like the the more alternative, like a uh, video game type right. guys who are around my age. Right, right. But no, there's a lot of kids. Lots of kids,
3: and is, that's not true of Bitcoin, for instance.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
3: so that's that's what's interesting. It's like the crypto crew and the NFT crew are. There's subtle difference in the. In
0: yeah, it's not the cultural. same group. Yeah, it's really not. I and mean, there's some overlap, but the crypto has has moved. To be like way more finance, especially with with DeFi, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that now you can make a living trading in DeFi the way you could trading stocks and bonds, uh, right. you know, in the traditional financial market. Whereas you don't, and you know, there's not probably a lot of kids who are trading no. DeFi.
3: No, and you would hear about them because they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's."
0: I see an article on my newsfeed every single day that says. 16 year old made a million dollars in the last year from nfts and the uh, this is part of like my own thing but it pisses me off and makes me feel so jealous where I'm just like I got to do this I'm like I don't want to do that why would I want to do that I right, don't, right. but I want the money yeah. that's why and this kid did it I can do it right you know. But uh, the truth is, that's not necessarily true, and and people get lucky or they people don't. Lucky, and that's some of them are sixteen. Understand.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. And the sixteen-year-old has a different relationship to their time and money that a. 40 year old does you know yeah. so so i think you know and for every i mean they point those out because they're interesting stories but like how how many 16 year olds have ruined their families by taking their their credit cards and you know i mean yeah. that that really does happen so i think you know i think you can make and that's exactly what we were talking about with expectations right it's like when you read those stories if that's your first exposure to nfts then you go you're like okay well if he can do it i can do it that automatically you're coming from a place of fomo and you're coming at it with the wrong set of expectations.
0: And, and just way too emotional. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's happy emotions or bad or sad emotions, emotions are bad in, in finance. Financial
3: decision making, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I when I first got into NFTs, like when I just first started exploring them, which happened, like the the audience heard it in real time. Cause I was into crypto when I started this show, but not NFTs. And then we did a crypto episode with my friend Ross Carey last spring. And we talked about NFTs a little bit there, and I was still pretty skeptical as far as getting involved. I was curious about them, but not really looking to get involved, just because the amount of risk seemed very high. Yeah. And I just didn't understand the utility yet. Yeah. And then when I started seeing w- how they could make money, then it almost just flipped a switch where it's like, okay, so if you mint, if you're the minter, then you're going to make money almost no matter what.
3: Yeah, that's the key.
0: It's not true. No. But it is, uh, I mean, it is true for the ones that do make money. Yes. If you minted it, you're going to have the best chances of success. But just because you minted it is not an indicator that you're going to have no, success.
3: No, And people, yeah, I mean, it's, for me, you, you have to be skilled at, at some level of looking at markets. If you don't if you don't have a crypto background or some kind of trading background, but even just having business background does it. Like I have no crypto background. I didn't I you know, I wasn't hostile, but I didn't care about Bitcoin or anything before July. That's when I started. And you know, it's the the truth I mean, I'm trying to figure out how much to reveal. <laughs> you know, um yeah, I, I'm I'm going to stop there because the the what I wanted to go into I don't think I want to talk about publicly, but okay, but um, but I just feel I mean I I guess I'll just say my 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 bottom line is that anybody who wants to get into NFTs, if they want to do it for a financial purpose, if that's in the background, you're not just playing with your entertainment money. That you really need to either have or develop a skill set. In evaluating markets in some way, because it's not just about like evaluating the project. That's a lot of the advice, right? Look at the project. Go to the Discord. Listen to people talking. Look and see if the team is doxed. If they are, look at what the projects they are. You know, all this kind of stuff. And that and that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and that's and and that is what you should do. But the problem
0: is that's if, just part of if it. If the
3: project is doing something that is no longer popular or that there's 10 other projects about to do it...
0: Or it's ahead of its time.
3: Yeah, or it's too far ahead of its time, which is a little bit of the problem with Wanderers. Then it doesn't matter how good the project is because they're going to miss the the market, you know? And so that's the thing is that anybody who wants to get into it needs to find a way to get that information um, so that they can make better decisions. Otherwise, you're going to mint something. You're going to think, okay, it's 0.04. Of course I'm going to be able to sell it for 0.1 or something like that. But then you find out that it was a derivative of a derivative of a derivative, but you didn't know because you didn't look at the market.
0: Yep. You know? yep. So anyway. That's great advice. Yeah. It's great advice. And understanding what utility means in entities <laughs> is, is also very, very important. Yes. Because a lot of projects will talk about all their utility, but they don't actually tell you what it is. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, okay. Well, <laughs> do you know what the word utility means? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that needs to be explained. <laughs> it does. It needs to do something. There's a project called Cyber Pharmacy, and uh-huh. it's on Solana. And it's one of the few Solana projects that I have been following since last year that is really looking promising. And so it's – when I originally bought it, it was a launch of uh, 10,000 of these cyber pharmacists. And the, each one just looks like a little um, alien hmm. hol- holding a – I'm going to put it up on the big screen so you can see it. Okay. Yeah. So the actual NFTs, and an Android. Yeah, it's just like yeah. a bunch of different versions of these aliens or robots or whatever, and they're each holding a a little glass vase with a plant inside, and each one is a medicinal plant, and they also have a their brain is exposed and it's another plant or something. But so there's a lot of um, artistic opportunities here mm-hmm. to to make them cool. Yeah. So like each one of these traits is ranked differently. It's like you know you got your gold face here with the right. liquid whatever brain and. <laughs> they're cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, all right, they're neat and they were they were cheap back then, so I bought a few of them. And then I I re- researched the project as I was, you know, making the purchases and saw that oh, they're going to do further down the line, they're going to do more drops that will be free because I bought these right. ones and then the plan is eventually that they're going to establish actual cyber pharmacies in the metaverse and mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. So, and then as a holder, you'll be in, in entitled to partial partial profits from right, those. Right. Right. So it's finally starting to materialize, and so this was September, I think, when I first bought them, and now okay. it's April, and they have gone up in price. Now the floor price is right now; it's just under three Solana, and that's that's an increase of ten X right. since January, probably, right, right, which is enormous for this market because yeah, the yeah. market conditions have been bad, yeah, real bad. bad, yeah. And so the, they're now just starting to do the transition into getting the the pharmacy NFTs. So after this line, they launched a uh, another collection called the technicians. So it's it's basically really similar. They're like the assistant, the lab oh, assistants, okay. and these yeah. ones are actually cooler. And they're they're uh, half the size of the collection. So there's hmm. only five thousand. Okay. And so if you own two cyber pharmacists and one cyber technician, you can burn them and get a cyber pharmacy. Mm. And they have different levels based on the rankings of each one of the ones you right, burn. Right, right, right. And then you're supposed, supposed at least going to be able to take these pharmacies and place them on digital property mm-hmm. in the metaverse somewhere. Right, right. So they'll be compatible with different with different ecosystems. Right. So if you own property in the sandbox or right. in um, NFT worlds, yeah, right. yeah, in you know decentraland or portals, that you'll be able to to set up your pharmacy, and then people can actually go to your pharmacy in the metaverse, purchase products that will show up at their house in real life.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that that is one of the interesting things. Is the um that I'm kind of thinking about doing something like that uh, with herbs, and you know having the in real life versus metaverse connection is 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 super interesting like i'm very curious about how that how that unfolds and like seeing more of those partnerships and you know that's going to be really cool to see
0: it's very promising because there are so many that draw a very distinct line between digital and reality yeah, yeah. like they don't these two worlds shall not meet <laughs> yeah like i'm gonna wear my dreadlocks and <laughs> right i don't do that in real life yeah, yeah. exactly
3: yeah it,
0: it, it's this one is actually bridging that gap and it's, it's hopefully it's going to be successful, but I'm excited about it. It's cool. Also I do
3: like, you know, I mean, that's uh, one of the things people don't, see I think yet is that, you know, a lot of NFTs have a kind of a game aspect to it. And and that burn mechanism, for instance, is a kind of game mechanism, right? Because you you're 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 encouraged to collect the parts and then you're encouraged to put the parts together and there's also a risk, right, which is necessary for gamification, which is you might you don't know what you're gonna get exactly, but you kind of have an idea based on the rarity charts. And then you get this like new object, you know But you and, have to
0: give up the ones you've already right, had.
3: Right. So you have to, you know, so that's that's it's a cool uh, uh, gamification and then just all the different ways that people are finding ways to build games on chain I'm, that's I'm because I'm you know I, I don't get a lot of time to play a lot of games now um, but I that's my history you know D&D and computer games and stuff like that and so I'm just really I'm excited to see I'm over, almost overwhelmed by how many of these like new games are coming out it's like oh god now we're
0: gonna- yeah we're going to be inundated with insane numbers of games in the next couple years Just on blockchain. Yeah. I mean, there's already endless amounts of I know, that's true, yeah. That are really cool. But here's another one. It's called Crypto Cavemen. So, these NFTs are nothing special, right? They're just 3D. I think I knew this guy. They're honestly very boring. Uh, But these are all... One guy, because it's a their characters. It's an avatar for a game. Oh right. So you buy these NFTs, and then it's your ticket into that cave world ecosystem, right? Which is built on Unreal Engine. They they haven't launched it yet, but if you have your caveman and your NFT, and then they have airdropped uh, potions and weapons and all this stuff, and it
3: does look like your NFT.
0: Yeah, That's so, cool. so yeah, so your character in the game is like wearing the clothes and has the hat or the whatever, hat, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. goofy shit he's wearing. Yeah, and you get to battle with other ones, and it's all it's like a. This particular game is is based on it's like the way Pokemon Stadium was. I don't know if it, or. I never played that. Any Pokemon game back in the day where it's right. uh, like the scores for your individual characters will determine the, the results of the battle. Right. So it's almost like D&D, I guess. You could play on paper. Right, right. It's, it's based on numbers. It's right, not right. necessarily like – like a dexterity kind of thing. You're not going, there. Yeah. Thing, right? you're not going yeah. in there doing the moves. And that's going to be
3: most of these games are going to be more like that because yeah. there's a transactional aspect to them. And that's the other thing. You know, the gamers are so hostile to NFTs. And like do you know how much money I've spent on objects and skins and games? I don't have any of that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Some game executive ended up with that in part of his yacht. And when you, you know,
0: leave the game, they keep it's it. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. And so
3: that's the thing. And we, I mean – cross-chain stuff is going to be problematic and you know there's there's various things that we have to worry about but if you own something on the blockchain you own something on the blockchain and so it's like you know you could up level your character or whatever and those things stay stay with you forever so if you know and this game may die in a year we don't know but what if a game becomes the next you know whatever Call of Duty or whatever yeah. then you not only are are you banking from, from owning it but you actually get to take all these objects and you know and I mean okay it's a game and like maybe people don't find it valuable but
0: well I they're think wrong it's cool. there's yeah. so much value in games and there always cool. has been too games have always been very very lucrative and yeah. now that they are almost indistinguishable from reality yeah. some of them are so good it's, it's wild yeah it's there's a lot of potential there for for I think so growth too. yeah and with the blockchain stuff it just like you said you actually get to own the pieces Yep. And not only that, but they can transfer between, between games, games. That's which is the key. something we've never really had before. No, I mean, it would. There'd be no reason for it.
3: And it, yeah, it doesn't even make sense in a way, but you can see how it would make sense. And obviously there's problems. I mean, anybody who's done game design and anybody who knows anything about the tech is probably rolling their eyes at us because there's obvious issues, but it's still like yeah. just the idea that, again, the thing that people don't get about the blockchain, I think is that it is a permanent record of ownership and that is its power in my opinion, is that nobody can. Can take that from you. Not any corporation, you know. Again, yes, heat death of the universe or like total like loss of electricity on the planet. Yes, we're mass prompt,
0: coronal ejections. But we
3: have like other issues at that point. Yeah, our food
0: and you yeah. know being Survival. able to see the sky, <laughs> breathing. Uh, yeah, the Matrix. You a fan of the Matrix? Sure. Yeah, that is the eventual future i think with the metaverse seriously. we're gonna end up in those jelly pods being just big batteries i'm good just
3: leave me in the metaverse don't don't let me know <laughs> yeah. about the jelly thing like i don't I'm yeah not, i'm not about that life
0: you're not a red pill guy huh
3: no no just let me blew it up take the blue pill <laughs> just flow
0: with, with yeah it. i'm kidding of course the of course metrics. i'm a red pill guy well yeah, we have to be yeah we have like, to be but as an
3: american you're obligated to say i hope i'm, I'm never
0: presented with the choice
3: no seriously
0: morpheus just let me keep my life, I don't want the blue pill. I, mean, I want the blue pill.
3: Well, what if you look like this guy?
0: Well, it depends. I, the guy with the red sunglasses, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty cool. There are some NFTs that are badass looking. Oh, yeah. And like more of them are goofy and very I mean, childish, but... Yeah, knots are badass. Yeah, they're those are cool. I was checking out those a couple days ago.
3: But then, isn't it funny in these communities, and this is true of almost anybody, uh, that they'll talk about how much they love the art about a project, and you're just like...
0: Really? Yeah, like doodles. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you positive? There's quite a few like that. It's so funny. CryptoPunks is yeah, the that's main it, example, that.
3: and the only reason CryptoPunks matters is because it's his, if it's historical
0: value. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like, it, they were first, it, and also they were free. So that's right. cool. Yes. Like that's I think that's really neat.
3: But that's an example, you know, of an interesting project that has historical value and has held its value for the most part. I mean, it's dropped a lot, but it doesn't really give anybody any utility.
0: And it's not, not they're all. not even trying, yeah. you
3: know, and, and that's cool. I mean, that's
0: their choice. I think board apes, um, bought them out. Like that's the right. They did. Larva labs. Right. Um,
3: and something else, me bits or whatever.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. Is this your hidden tab? I wish. <laughs> yeah. Look at them. Oh, right. There's the dogs too. And all the mutants here. 300 ETH. Oh, that's a full set.
0: Isn't that crazy though? That there's, Anything that's that costs that much money, that's... Like, somebody
3: could just, like, go and just buy this. Like, what?
0: A 300, ape? how much is that right now? That's, like... it's like, 3,000 times 175, so... That's a lot. That's a lot. That's more money than I've ever had in my life. <laughs> the mutant, the mutant apes are kind of cool.
3: They are cool. and And, like, now that we're looking at them, it's like, okay, I get it. I mean, they're just like any other project like it. It's, but
0: how much of that glitter is just... In our heads yeah. from knowing that. Yeah. Like how, Like, if we were like just seeing, seeing this for the first cool. time... Yeah, that's dope. Actually, that's good. <laughs> and I like the gold ones, but, like... But, again, it's not... it's not The like, gold ones are always cool of every project. I know. It's like... We're just... That has to be in our DNA. I love like somebody, shiny. like, making a one-eth offer on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's
3: going to get accepted, bro.
0: Oh, there's a naked one. It's got no clothes. That's another thing. It's like uh, the, the rarity. How sometimes stuff is really rare because it's got like a you know a crazy head piece right. or something. And there. other times it's rare because it's just basic. Yeah. Has plain. nothing. Yeah. It's just... Well and then, you know, that's the
3: cool community part. Like with the Wanderers, like you know, there's there's meta traits, right? Like uh like a one that only has five five traits or one that has a bunch of traits, you know, and, and the community comes to value certain things, you know, just like any subculture, like it develops its inside jokes, and it's kind of little things that those become valued in the market. So as a new person to the market, you won't know that those things are valued. And so that's yeah. how we snipe them, because people don't know. And there's, so, you know, so that's a fun part of it.
0: Part yeah, of the community, that was what really got me hooked in was just like the insider stuff. Yeah, like getting to know the community, getting to know the ins and outs of a specific product line. Yeah. And then just Scrolling yeah, yeah. and just look and be like, oh, oh there's that one. He's got yeah. the pocket protector. Right, right, right. right. It it's made fun. me feel like a kid.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's fun in that way that collectibles are. It's when like you're like pogs, a kid, right? Are, yeah, you know, pogs, baseball cards. Baseball cards, yeah, any of that stuff. Or if you played Magic or any of the tradable carding games, or
0: I mean, it's all the same thing of, of just like. It's tapping into that bit of our DNA that just wants to collect yeah. and, and admire stuff.
3: And to like have something special. Yeah. Right? Like you want to have something that somebody else doesn't have and you can be like, oh, I got the thing. Like... Yeah, it really activates that. It's like we're all just, and that's maybe why that's uh, partly why it's in. Like we see so many like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds in it. Is that? Oh yeah, that's still like kind of a that's
0: an energy that they're in.
3: Yeah, yeah, in that zone. It's a little weirder for me at forty five, but
0: yeah, I guess so. But not that weird. No, no. I mean you people collect you know fancy stamps. cars and yeah you know, stamps coins. I never understood stamps. People collect some boring shit spoons? spoons. Oh right, and dishes or thimbles. Whatever. Like I've seen some collections, man. Old red glass cups, Buies. buoys. Yeah. Well, the buoys thing. There's, I, there are people who actually just collect. Yes. Yeah, no. Like you see them hanging all over people's fences, the side of their
3: house, or whatever. Yeah. It's like okay. It's like, oh, you're really into this, aren't
0: you? It looks like a industrial site now. I don't, I don't like <laughs> I that know. style. I don't like the the maritime decor. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. It looks. It's a bit much. Poor. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I actually was poor. Right. I don't like anything that pretends to be poor. Right, I feel you. Like the rusty chic. Um, right, right. Like,
3: like why do you want to buy, or like pants that are bought pre, yes.
0: pre-ripped. Like <laughs> I'll I'll handle that on my own. <laughs> yeah,
3: like. Me holding onto my jeans for 10 years is what does that. (laughs)
0: Exactly. But just even just like restaurants who like have that rusty metal on the walls and stuff. I'm just like, I get it. It looks fine in here, but I would never put that in my house because I want stuff to look good. Like new. Yeah. 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 Like that's the whole point of making it new. (laughs) Right. If I wanted it to look old, I would have just not done it. Or yeah. Or just like bought something used. Yeah. Seriously. To each his own. Yeah. Everyone gets to choose what they want to live like. That's right. Mm -hmm. Let's see. We've covered NFTs pretty good. Yeah, I think we did a good job. Um, it's not an easy topic to talk about. What else you got? <laughs> I mean,
3: I don't know. We could talk about town. Or we could talk more about medicine. I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, let's actually talk more about medicine. Sure. So, the, um, do you want to get... Can we talk about psychedelics? I, I have oh, sure. recently heard that they're uh, legalized in Oregon. Correct. So... Well
3: mushrooms in particular
0: Uh uh-huh what exactly do you know what that legal status is is it just decriminalized or are, are they still like or are they really just not regulated anymore
3: i i mean i i will say it's funny how many questions i get about mushrooms and weed because you know people assume that i would know and i actually don't really know this very well um but what i do know like i don't know if if they're just i i assume they're just decriminalized
0: i don't think that's that's something that the government adver- advertises a lot yeah like yeah. hey you can do these drugs now do
3: whatever you like yeah but there are now facilities in Portland at least <laughs> where you can go and you know have a guided experience and I have friends who have done that um, so clinicians can get a hold of them and can legally possess them under certain circumstances but I don't know what those circumstances are but um, it's interesting in my practice since that happened I've actually had fewer people talking to me about taking mushrooms like now that it's legal they're less interested in it or something they're skipping
0: the middle man they're just going yeah. out and picking them yeah that's right that's <laughs> right um but yeah i don't uh have you looked into any of the yeah. research and uh, like the effects and treatment with therapeutic stuff for uh, like ptsd and trauma and stuff
3: only just you know real basic stuff just reviewing it when the law was coming out because i because i mean i think i always had the sense that there was a a therapeutic element Um, to it. And I think that's talked about kind of in the subcultures that are, you know, that tend to, um, to utilize those or did uh, prior to this happening. Um, But, you know, I think, I think what most people experience is that it's just a total psychological reset, that it just kind of like presses a reset button. And it's not, you know, it's not a thing of like, it doesn't, in, therapize you it's not like you have thoughts where you're like, oh I'm figuring out my problems or whatever it's just it changes something at the baseline the nervous system on the baseline but I you know I don't think we have enough data to like actually know what's going on but
0: no, I don't think so either but I
3: you know I ana- plenty of anecdotal data from patients who have had you know both guided and unguided experiences and you know people just changing their relationship because I you know I do think I mean if you've done them um, you know there is this sense of absolute, Interpenetration with the universe, like your s- molecules, just immersion. Yeah, just and there's something about that. I think so much of like depression and anxiety and PTSD is a little bit different, right? Because it's a, it's just a little bit different. Uh, but even even that, it's like there's this feeling of profound disconnectedness, you know, that otherness, uh, and isolation and lack of support. And I think that when you have that experience. You realize that that support is everywhere, you know, and that that sense what and I can't tell you that like if you're if you're depressed or something and I tell you that you're gonna be like, whatever. But once you experience it, then I do think for a lot of people, not everyone, of course, there is that sense of like, oh, and it just changes their relationship to their emotional life. So I've seen it be profound.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's all very true. I, I actually do think, though, that it is possible to have those kind of revelations in the trip that where you're like learning things about yourself or connecting dots but it is very difficult to bring those revelations back with you totally and it's i would say almost impossible like to because of how many of those revelations you could have in a short amount of time and just the amount that comes back with you is so small yeah i think that the therapeutic component is pretty critical to, to getting a lasting effect yeah. or to really just to guide the experience in the direction that you want it to go right. especially for those that are more inexperienced yeah it's easy to, to do it wrong
3: oh yeah mushrooms in particular is real easy to blow yourself out and yeah you will not yeah i mean yeah i've seen the good and the bad of it for sure and you know the good thing is that no matter how far you go as long as you don't hurt yourself during the incident usually people come back around as opposed to like lsd which i know people have actually been completely detached from reality from that so you know something about it being an organic substance and something we've been eating probably for a very long time you know there's some suggestions yeah. that it is the origin of consciousness yeah you know the stoned kind of ape stuff. theory yeah so i uh you know so that's that's a good thing but yeah it can be not fun
0: it definitely does have a uh some kind of a connection with with us in our biology like that way yeah the times that i have ingested them it's i feel like i understand like not understand that's definitely the wrong word but i feel like i'm oh i have an awareness of something happening in throughout every cell in my body totally it's not just like i feel a warm stomach or whatever it's like oh my something deeper than my conscious awareness is reacting to this happening within my my whole system your whole being and it's it's noticeable yeah for sure yeah i see a lot of potential there i see a lot of money to be made there yeah that's the thing and that's going to make it shittier i'll be honest i think that's going to ruin it probably i mean you even see that happening with weed you know it's like just
3: the number of products and like the number of products that are not kept up to quality standards and like you know it's i mean it's just inevitable when capital gets involved there's going to be problems
0: yeah and that's unfortunate but it's kind of inevitable
3: yeah yeah, and it's part of the process of development, and it doesn't, you know, that's that's not all of it, right? So even when big weed takes over weed, there's still going to be, you know, these little edges, but it's just like we all have to deal with that massive corporate presence, Yeah, annoying, like the McDonald's of weed, whatever that becomes.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know what that, I don't think they've emerged yet. No. no well, we that. don't have federally legal weed yet. That's probably that's why. That's
3: exactly why. Yeah. yeah, but as soon as that happens, then there's going to, you know,
0: Budweiser will do it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Budweiser. I just. Remember when Budweiser used to be the Budweiser of beer? Now they're not. Now what are they? When was the last time somebody drank a Budweiser? I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, my dad might have. Well, just last all night. of our dads have, but <laughs> th- that's it. Yeah, that's Young it. people drink. <laughs> Only or, the dads. I, I think that our generation drinks the micro brews. That's right. And then the younger kids, they don't really drink as much, it seems like.
3: What's wrong with
0: those kids? I, I read a thing the other, uh, well, it was a couple months ago actually, about like statistics on risky behaviors. Yeah. Kids are doing a lot less risky behaviors these days. What's that about? <laughs> How are they ever going to have fun? No. they like, what? <laughs> What, what is going to traumatize these kids? I and know. Like, well, I
3: think the, basically the world is traumatizing enough that they yeah. don't need to do extra dangerous stuff. So
0: That's actually really like, smart I on their part. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, no, I spent two years indoors. I don't need to <laughs> you know, kill my brain cells with drugs. No. When, in fact, most of us
3: were actually killing our brain cells with drugs during that two years yeah. specifically. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, God. The numbers on depression and, and suicide and domestic abuse and all that stuff are horrible to rough. look at. Yeah. It's a bad year, 2020 really and 2021. But we're coming out of it. We are. Things are co- looking bit bit. looking up. I heard a thing on the radio the other day that they they ranked the state's reaction uh, responses to the COVID Mm -hmm. outbreak Mm -hmm. and the the worst performing states, California and New York.
3: Kind of makes sense.
0: And they were the ones with the most like white knuckle grip on control. I know. That just goes to show you that you you cannot control some things. Some things are just out of our control. Yeah. I think Florida was number one for the best response. And I think their response was, huh? Yeah. What
3: were they measuring in terms of like, what?
0: I'm. I it it had multiple variables like uh, overall deaths and hospitalizations and, um. I think it was even incorporating like social variables like Mm. uh, kids' mental health and Mm. things like that. I think that is really where the lockdowns struck very negatively mm. was the kids and mm-hmm. that just not not getting benchmark exposures at the sure. right times during develop developmental windows right. like if you had a if you had a baby at the beginning of the pandemic it was really really hard for you to get proper socialized oh yeah like a properly no socialized kid within two years no like doubt. and those are crucial developmental windows where if you miss them too bad yeah you just don't get to have them you just got a yeah. weird kid now
3: i had i had a lot you know i had a Few friends who like have young children, and they just act. You know, they had to just actively. You know, most of them are homeschoolers, so they're kind of used to it, like mm-hmm. having to like work out social sure experiences. They were already thinking about Yeah, it. so they kind of they kind of figured stuff out to get kids together. You know, in safe circumstances, but especially during the early you know lockdown days, like even then, you know, people weren't like even getting near each other. You know, yeah, and we
0: had I, I had a two year old uh, when the pandemic started, and we got. Restricted to bear. pretty much just like one set of cousins, we'd yeah. let her see because yeah. we had no choice. They were babysat together. Oh, right. But we didn't even That's let her nice see hair. like the other cousins right. because it was just yeah, too scary. Yeah. Like, too scary. And I imagine it like there was a spectrum of, of responses like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some people just floored it out and just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah it'll be Lots fine. Some people did. Yeah. And then some people like still have not relaxed. I think it had some some uh, an effect of kind of uncovering some people's underlying um, neuroticism. Oh, for sure, big time,
3: and underlying antisocial behavior.
0: Right, like yeah. it, it just I, like any pressure
3: filled event, it brought it, out all yeah. the worst of everything. You it know?
0: accentuated, it's,
3: yeah, everything. But, but it is. I mean, I I was worried that I would not that I would not like as things started to change, that I would still see lots and lots of evidence of the bad parts and I and I feel like like socializing would be really awkward and stuff but I find that like it's easier than I worried it would be so I'm glad for that yeah getting together people it's a little weird at first but then you're like okay I remember how to do this yeah you know if it had been 10 years probably I would have forgot
0: but imagine if you were 14 oh yeah when that hit and you're 16 now and you're having to go out and like hang out with girls random like, people yeah yeah i would have been so like yeah. awkward i was already awkward yeah like the awkwardness would be all that stuff would have been so much harder maybe they should just meet in the metaverse they probably will <laughs> exactly they probably will they're probably there now
3: yeah now do they engage in risky behavior in the metaverse i don't think they can well like could you like it those kids who don't smoke weed for instance in the real world would they do it in the metaverse these are the questions that I would like I to I bet
0: understand. they would. I, I don't know. There was a guy vaping so. in the metaverse that I saw. And um, I don't think it was getting him high. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer, man. I went to a, a nightclub in the metaverse. Oh, nice. This is actually why I decided to, to uh, assume an alter ego. Because my first avatar just looked like me. Right. Just normal old boring white dude. Yeah. And um, I found myself being shy. Oh. like in a bar in the metaverse, like, like just wait like a second. standing on the edge, just kind of bobbing my head. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? How am I? How am I still this piece of shit? Right, right. Like I'm in I'm in a completely fake world. I got to I got to yeah. I had to actually make my myself somebody yeah, else yeah, yeah. To, to be able to just be somebody else. Otherwise, you just fall right back into your same behavioral patterns. It's like this is how I protect myself when I'm in a public space. I stand so and I observe.
3: Cool. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to be able to experience though right because like it's very difficult to change that about yourself oh yeah in the real context but like this allows you to feel what it feels to be more extroverted or whatever whatever words you want to say and like for some people that's just going to be the whole experience but for some people you know especially younger people you might it might actually help them I don't know I would just be so curious to see
0: it'll be interesting to see how it changes
3: yeah like what what happens with young people and What happens with people who, like I said, have, you know, disabilities or have, you know, difficulties in the real world? Like, do they find a space for themselves or is it do we just replicate the shitty conditions of the real world in the metaverse?
0: Like, yeah, that's what I think it will be both. Yeah, I think that will definitely be both. I think a lot of people get that wrong when they talk about the metaverse. They, They see one thing, right? Like. It's one big area, Mark Zuckerberg is king. He sits on a throne over <laughs> right. here, and we just kind of mill about down right. here, right. but it boom. won't be like that at all. Little. it'll be there will be Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse that no right. one will go to, yes, and there will be like the cool alternative metaverses, right. and there will be the old people metaverses, and right. there will be like you'll be able to go do your taxes in the metaverse. I right. actually think you can now, yeah. like h and r block probably has a space somewhere in yeah the land, and if they don't they will yeah. soon i mean this this one that I'm kind of involved in portals they have um they sell business spaces so like it's they have a downtown area and the which is now open and the, they have one original ap- apartment building with like three different levels of rooms, hmm. and you buy when you get the NFT, it's just like a key card. They right. give you this key card.
3: Right, I've seen these. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then you you have access to this room, and it's just a 3D room. Yeah, it's just like any but other. You can
3: build on it. Is yeah, that the idea? Okay.
0: exactly. You can build anything, and it has. Hmm like the list of objects that you can put in it is huge and growing all the time like you can play you can put in a Pac-Man machine like you can put in a mm. pool table Fun. you can put in a TV a couch and all this stuff and you can invite other people to come into it just by sending them a URL right right and then they're they're there with you and it's like the the level of of realism where like they have um location based audio so yeah. like if oh, you're yeah. standing next to somebody yeah. you can talk to them right. and it's and it's loud enough to hear each other, but you can only vaguely hear people who are down the other side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, all that stuff is going to just, we're going to fine tune it, and it's going to get better and better, and we're going to figure out use cases where certain circumstances merit other, you know, other needs. Right. Where like sometimes you're gonna need to talk to everybody in the room. Sure, other like an times you don't. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. all that stuff is manipulatable. Right. And in real life, it's just not. And so right. like, there's yeah. so much potential.
3: Yeah, and the metaverse thing, you you made the really good point of you know there's there's not gonna be one metaverse, and like I keep telling people, it's just like the it's just like the internet. There's not one one internet. like it's all it's all these separate little spaces, and that's going to be the same thing. So if you hate Mark Zuckerberg and you never want to go
0: into the meta metaverse or whatever the hell they're going to call it, I, I'm so angry that they named it It's called on. Horizon. I it's just, already going. I like just, that's something people are like. When is Mark going to launch his metaverse? It's open. You can go there now, and nobody is. It's so. very, very um, sparsely populated. <laughs> it's just like one guy in the corner dancing. Well, there's people who actually work there. Oh, like you can, you walk in and there's a guy, a guy wearing a name tag, and he's, he'll like explain how to navigate and things like that. And they get paid fairly well. My God. it's a real job. It's a real place. It exists now, and I nobody knows about it uh why well, why are they not like pumping that information out into the public? Maybe they don't
3: have the te- the
0: maybe it's cuz it's not that good. Yeah, and they're like let's wait
3: until this is better. Yeah. I mean, I have a uh have you seen this on cyber galleries? No. <clears throat> I'll share mine with you. I have a an All Wanderers gallery, so an art gallery and that has that um location-based sound thing where if you walk up to it it's loud and as you walk away it's it's less loud, and that's so cool. It just feels really.
0: Uh, and this is like a digital art gallery. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. And
3: then, and then we also, uh, I went to like a, you know, Crypto Voxels. Have you heard that? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. I went to like a Crypto Voxels party launch party, and it was just like a bunch of like avatars dancing around. It was so dumb in a way, but like, it, you could see the potential of it, you know. And it's like, they, you really had this little bit of feeling of like I'm in a room with a bunch of people. Like it was really cool. Like yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And so I'm not I'm not worried about Zuckerberg because. Just like, you know, Zuckerberg doesn't own the internet. You know, it's like...
0: Yeah, Google owns the internet. Yeah,
3: that's right. And we love Google.
0: Do you know Google shut down the internet for like 20 minutes in 2013? Just because. Just because. Bored. Yeah. They did it it at a time when there were no financial markets open in the whole world. Like, there's only a couple hours every week that that is the case. It's like Saturday morning, I think. Hmm. And um, yeah, I, I was watching a... YouTube video about it, but Google is very much pulling the strings internet wide. Oh yeah. Like they can they can pull your access to websites that they don't own. Yeah. Like I don't understand that. But yeah. That's that's what I meant earlier when I was talking about how you know, ten years from now we'll be we're worrying about Ethereum's monopoly or whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the emerging yeah. power player is. I mean it's that's just always the thing. That's the cycle. It will always be that way.
3: The problem is that this tech is so difficult to I mean, you can centralize aspects of it, but you cannot actually control the blockchain. So you, you have to you control people's access if they don't have better tools to act. so you could definitely, everyday people, you can control. Yeah. But then they, what everyday people don't know is there's a way for them to access that data. Like most people don't know what Etherscan is, for instance.
0: The Block Explorer? Yeah, you know, so it's yeah. like they don't... It's hard to use.
3: It is, it I is. mean, it's all... Enc- it's, it's encrypted. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. We have to build... We have to make those tools easier for average people to use and to understand what they're seeing because then, the, yeah. you know, it'll be harder for them to centralize.
0: I think that the next really big thing, the money-making-wise, is going to be bridges between the, 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 the multiple blockchains. Oh, sure. So that you can actually... Works seamlessly between blockchains. Yeah, it's a horrible pain. Imagine if if our banking system was like that now. I mean, it almost is. But yeah, yeah, if you could only bank through Bank of America, and if you were banking through Bank of America, you couldn't go spend that money on somebody who only banks with Western Union. Right, that would suck. And that's kind of the way it is right now with Ethereum, Solana, and, and Bitcoin. Yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the early days. Positive, there's people working on that right now. Oh yeah, making better bridges. The ones that are available now aren't very good. No, they're terrible. But they're gonna get better.
3: They have to. I mean, because the as it grows, there's gonna be more and more people asking for that functionality, and so that's why there's smart people who are sitting around trying yeah. to solve those problems
0: right now. Yep. I just I saw the other day OpenSea now um, has Solana NFTs. Yep. That's yep. cool. I thought that was gonna be a big. You know, explosion in in interest in it was certainly not.
3: No, I just think the market is so suppressed right now. And things like Moonbirds just suck all the liquidity out of the market. And then you're just like waiting for those people to filter the money back through. And, you know, we just need like 10x adoption. And then all of our, you know, like even things that you think are useless and dead may start to pick up.
0: That's actually something I'm banking on. Yeah, I, I think that there because an NFT is is it's not the JPEG. Right. It, the JPEG is a placeholder. It's right. just something to, so you can see it. But it's really uh, it's a it's a thing on the blockchain. Like you own that bit of code. Yeah. And that has value in itself for something that may not have even been invented yet. Right. Right. I have a feeling there's going to be something like I don't know some kind of like a NFT aggregator or a a. a incinerator where you you put a bunch of these junk nfts in it <laughs> right and it prints you out a good one or yeah, something yeah. you know what i mean
3: yeah i think like, there are little things like that but yeah there's yeah. gonna
0: be all that kinds be of something. things like that people are gonna try yeah. but i imagine at some point, or i mean like what if uh like for i've thought about for this podcast do it launching an nft line for people who instead of doing a patreon i'll, I'll just sell an nft yeah, it, it'd be yeah. exactly the same Perfect. thing yeah and uh and then i was like well maybe i don't even have to do it maybe i'll just take a a a rug-pulled project that is already worth zero dollars buy all of them and then just distribute them to my followers sure uh, you know what I mean and like why couldn't you do that
3: well yeah I mean the only reason you might not want to is because the smart contract that that's built on might not be, like, have the features you want. But if you looked at it and and evaluated it and looked okay, then,
0: But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even projects that you think are dead and buried, like, you never know. They could be resurrected. Yeah. The community could get control and decide we're going to take it another direction. Yeah. It's all still so new that there's lots of possibilities. Well, and
3: especially the ones that you're confused why they're not doing better because the art is good or because the utility is good or the team is good, it's like, they may not do it now, and they may leave the project, but in five years, the whole ecosystem may have matured to the point where they're like, hey, I'm actually going to revive
0: this. Now there's a place for this. Yeah,
3: and, the, and then they can, you know, that's the thing, it's, uh, because of its permanent nature, is I think what you're saying. It, it allows you to like be like, well, this isn't doing well now, but let's
0: it's see. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. 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 So, that's that's cool. exactly what I think. And I think the mass adoption is going to come when driver's licenses, concert tickets, just yeah. regular-ass stuff starts being presented as an optional nft people will start to adopt it then and then a few years after that it will be mandatory just the way like paperless billing happened we didn't all have paperless billing at first it was something that took 10 years to really
3: yeah or even online shopping or any of the things that people are like nobody's ever going to do that it's like cell phones yeah
0: people were saying no one's going to carry that around all the time
3: turns out they do or like when the first iPhone came out, people were like, it's pretty, but nobody's going to want it. They don't care about having this. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like,
0: oh, God. I saw that. I was like, that's it. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's a computer in your pocket. It was so
3: cool from the very beginning, the first one. It yeah. was just like...
0: Amazing. Amazing, even though it was slow as hell, it was like barely worked. It, did, it just didn't matter. It didn't. <laughs> you really like, did This
3: is beautiful.
0: It like to see the internet browser that small oh, on your in your hand was just like oh, this so is cool. it's a new world. Yeah, and it really did change the world. It really did. That was my first year as an adult. That was 2007. I graduated from high school that year, and I was, it was just like the economy had crashed, but we have the iPhone. Right, things are looking up.
3: Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I'm really glad I didn't have cell phones in high school, though. I will just say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. Technology in high school or hands can cause some problems. It's not good. Yeah, I'm really shocked we don't see more of that. I I think teenagers, since they came up with the technology, they're not as dumb as we would have been. Yeah, we would have been. I mean, I was. I got expelled from school for technology shit. Nice. Nice just cuz i didn't get it i i didn't understand social norms in a digital world oh no and i made mistakes but that's mistakes stories for another day we're made <laughs> uh well we made it it's 2 hours and uh i think we we're good to go you want to wrap this thing up yeah this was a good one yeah great we got deep into nfts and yeah. some herbalist stuff it's yeah. really really we had a good, good time. thank you so much for coming do you yeah. have any more closing words no, just thanks for having me on, and I'm glad you're doing this. Do you want to shout out your your podcast? Uh, well, just Watershed. Uh, go to WatershedWellnessPodcast.com. That's where you'll find it. Check it out, people. Yeah. All righty. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link, and it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye.
2: Ain't nobody take me